going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, episode number 254, where we'll be discussing Ghostbusters Afterlife, a very long overdue Ghostbusters sequel, and Oscar bait King Richard with male lead heavyweight Will Smith and ensemble cast. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me, as he does every week, is my co-host, Roger. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. And our perma guest, Chris, I might be afraid of some ghosts. I'm absolutely afraid of ghosts. Good. Okay. I, I I picked the right one from which would be afraid, which would not be afraid. Maybe you're both afraid. I don't know. I never considered that, I guess. I mean, I know Roger stands on scary movies for, for the same reason. Never scared of ghosts, per se. Gentlemen, we just had Demons? A... Yes. <laughs> the underworld? Absolutely. Gentlemen, we just Those had a very ghosts, I don't think. We've had a very That's important week in the US Thanksgiving week. How was your Thanksgiving week? It was good. Thanksgiving was good, yeah. How was your Thanksgiving day? Did you eat lots of turkey? I ate a lot of ham, actually. Ah, oh, your ham? You're a family? I get it. Terrible. No. <laughs> That's perfect in every way. Yeah, no, we, we, I mean, food was made. Food was, was had. It was great. Did you, were Thanksgiving? <laughs> no. No, not <laughs> a goddamn one. No, I deep fried a turkey like I've been doing for the last couple of years. It is always fun. Yeah. This makes me excited because that means every year that I successfully do it, that means I will get it and definitely get videos of people who have burned their house down trying to do what is very easy not to do. Um, Less and less anymore, though. Well, it's because, well, listen, they stopped putting them on the internet. Ah. You know, because if I burn my own house down, I don't think I'd upload the video, (laughs) but I probably would upload the video. I um I've never had a, a deep fried turkey. Mm. Never never done it yet. Well, I'm gonna start doing it a little bit more often just because I have the fryer. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't use your turkey fryer for frying a turkey, there's not much you can you do use, with it. If you don't use it, you lose it. I gotcha. Not really. It's kind of yours. You own it. It's not. <laughs> it doesn't like depreciate. Oh, weird. Okay, never mind. I had that all wrong. No, I'll probably do another one for Christmas though. It's cool. it works pretty well. But we also had ham. Yeah, all right. Yep. Small ham. Yeah, turkey. Had an overly large turkey too, get that, which get that brown sugar glazed ham. Yeah, I wonder if you could deep fry a ham. I was actually sure, look. You could deep fry any. You could deep fry anything. Sure. Ham's got a lot of juice it's in got it a though. Lot of moisture, yeah, yeah. Because like when you have a turkey, there's a lot of moisture in there, but you're cooking it. Hams are already cooked, mm-hmm. so eh, seems like a good. Seems very explodey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could you can deep fry anything. I'm sure you can find a way to deep fry a ham. Oh, well, I mean. Of course you could. You should listen into our cooking podcast where we talk about this too. Indeed. You know, I would talk week, about deep frying things for hours. I so, assure you. So did. this week I we went to I went to a party and we there was honey ham and honey turkey. Honey turkey available, which tastes good. I don't very see good. how that could be bad. It can't be. It's impossible. <laughs> no, it's, it wasn't bad. Trust me, it was good. And I think more mashed potatoes than I've ever seen in my life in, in one spot. I mean, it was just massive bowl, and then just mash. I I swear it would it would have been it would have been enough to feed a whole football team of people. Mashed potatoes so are kind of like the star of Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, because and stuffing. You not can't everybody's stuffing. in the turkey. Not everybody's in the ham. Everybody goes for mashed potatoes. Always. Stu- I think stuffing too is a pretty big hit. Hold on, it is dressing, sir. Unless dressing. it actually was prepared inside of the turkey. <laughs> That's why it's called stuffing. Wow. Just saying. Our Make resident, right. our resident chef, Roger Stillian. Again, we uh, listen into our cooking podcast. <laughs> I mean, I did make a, an interesting slow motion video of my turkey frying. That was kind of cool. Did I show you that? Yes. It's wonderful. It just bubbles away. It's fine. Moving on. <laughs> Man, I was going to feel like an hour. I know. <laughs> I have. I tell you what, I've had. So, 
I yeah, I gotta, to- I gotta, we gotta cut this short because I gotta talk about a mustache here in a little while. <laughs> Folks, I wish he was kidding. I wish you know what I'm. I'm even gonna include the mustache in the time code this week. Mustache good, good. In the time uh, it code. deserves a spot. All right. <laughs> I actually had four days off. Today's my last day off. This is my last evening of four days in a row off. And I do not, I repeat, do not want to go back to work tomorrow, but I have. To. Don't. Yeah. I don't think that works out too well for I'm me. I'm not going back to work tomorrow. How'd you, oh, you're, well, you, that's how your schedule works. I, that's my, your problem, not mine. <laughs> true. That is true. That is my problem. Think about that when you're working. I'm not sucker. <laughs> sucker. <laughs> so did you guys watch anything this week besides what we had to watch for the show? Uh, I got roped into a viewing of Christmas Vacation because, of course, I did. Nice. Now, well, listen, I mean, look, of all the things you can get roped into, that's one of the better things. Well, listen, I prefer Christmas Vacation. I'm not one of those psychopaths that watch, like, the 24 hours of a Christmas story. Because, listen, I think that movie's funny a little bit, but, like, does it really need to run 12 consecutive times? I don't like that movie. A Christmas story? A, Why? Christmas? I did a few years ago go up to the uh, the Christmas Story Museum up in Cleveland. Okay, that was actually really mm-hmm. really cool. Um, but I don't I don't know, man. Yeah, it, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Special. There are other movies you could watch for Christmas that aren't that movie. Yeah. So I um, I'm not going to gush about it because I've already done plenty of that. But I I started I dove into Arcane, which is a series on Netflix. And uh, it is very good. What's it from? Uh, it is based off of some of the League of Legends lore, and League of Lore. <laughs> and it's got a there's a, a lot of production value in this thing. It's in uh, a weird cel shaded anime animation style, which actually works really well for it. Soundtrack's great, scores great. It's telling a pretty cool story so far. It's very good, worth your time if you're a fan of League of Legends, especially. If not, though, it still does a good job because. Currently, it's being viewed, and it's not bad. Just a good story, huh? It does. Well, yeah. that matters. It's action-packed, too, which is cool. And that's that's strictly – that's a Netflix original, right? It is. It is Netflix original, and like I said, I feel like there's a lot of money in this thing. You know what's Imagine funny? Dragons, is like, Imagine if Dragons did, does the theme song for the damn thing. And you know, if you had told me – like, if you had told me a year ago that they're making – someone's making a show about League of Legends, I'm like, what do you get, what's the show going to be about? How can you possibly make a show about that? And it's, it's extremely popular. That show is doing massive amounts of hits. Yes, so, yes, it is. Well-deserved so far. Good, well-deserved. That's always a good thing. I, I like to see these weird things that I wouldn't consider to be – like I wouldn't even consider my own mind to be like, oh, that could be a thing. Let's let's make that a thing. What I watched this week, I watched all of Tiger King Season 2. Oh, yeah? It's, it's, only, really? it's only five episodes. Oh, okay. okay. And But um, they do definitely double down on the, on the Carol Baskin thing. Um, let's get one thing straight again. She definitely killed her husband. Allegedly. Okay, okay. I need to start saying allegedly allegedly killed her husband. Sure. She allegedly killed her husband. They they double down on that. Uh, they double. So by the end of Tiger King season two, everyone who had a private zoo no longer has a private zoo, and all the tigers that remain and survive are running around in a in a five thousand acre federal reserve in Colorado for big cats. So that's a good thing. Yeah, they're not being spoiler. Yeah, yeah. I mean spoiler. It ends, it, it, it ends well, but I don't think we're going to get more. I'm kind of distinctly left with the impression that Tiger King has run its course. Now you think that this might have been a cash grab. <laughs> I do think because it was, what's weird is they they go into detail about the Carol Baskin thing that they didn't. There's a, there's a whole ton of stuff about the Carol Baskin thing and about the, the Joe thing, the Joe Exotic thing that they didn't cover in the first season. Okay. But I kind of get the I kind of get the it was it was meant to be support or additional and it's footage that they just never used. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, that stuff happens. So yeah, I, I think they just cut a second season out of what they already had. 
And, and I, I did a quick search. Carol Baskin is again upset with how they portray her in season two. And a shocking development now that everybody once again thinks she murdered somebody. <laughs> I have no idea why she is angry. One of the episodes goes into a lot of detail. They go down and talk to people in Costa Rica. They go down and talk to the airport of how Don never got hit. The, the person she supposedly cleared, her husband, Don Lewis, never boarded an airplane in Florida. He never arrived in Co. He was never on any passenger manifest. Never had a ticket, nothing. So he definitely never left Florida. And they have all these detectives now now looking for him in all these swamps. And it just it's an interesting it certainly is an interesting look at what is wrong with journalism in this country. Man, <laughs> that'd be a career maker, wouldn't it? If you'd be the guy that yeah, found how, his body. Yeah, but how are you gonna find a guy who's been fed to cats? You know what I mean? So, or Gator. Now, now, now there's, there's a popular theory that he's his body could be in uh, there's a big lake off the reserve of the of her farm that his body could also be, but it is mega gator infested. So they were getting divers, but they were showing you it's a slow process because you have to have people to cover the divers and you got to have people to know how to handle crocodiles and it's a very <laughs> slow process. But I was I was enthralled the whole time. Again, I didn't think I was going to be, but I was amused. I was I was kept on the edge of my seat the entire time. So I got to say Tiger King season two, at least for me did what it set out to do. And that's, 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 that's a win in Netflix. Rekindle your love for Joe. Mm. It does. As a matter of fact, I mean, it goes, so Joe apparently was killing more cats than we ever had any idea of (laughs) spoiler, spoiler alert. Um, and it, it goes into that of how he killed a ton of cats to avoid high vet. Bills. I mean, they talked about that at the end. That's one of the reasons he got in trouble, wasn't yeah. it? Like yeah, they but, were destroying animals. But they got him for a low number. The number was pretty was a lot higher than they originally <laughs> thought. So I mean, there's that. But, like I mean, a serial killer, where you think he's killed forty, you find out it's like twenty. <laughs> nice. But it's a good. It's only five episodes, and it's how long each, are they? They're each 45, 50 minutes. I think. I think there are. There's so I got to dedicate five hours to more Tiger King. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know what? Though maybe I'll watch an episode and see. Now, Chris, out. you're out. Hard out. Okay, fair. I don't I'll know if I can out. just go hard out because, like, I, I don't know. It's a year too late, and I don't care anymore. I got enough things to watch, like Arcane. Like Arcane. <laughs> okay. Hundred percent. All right. There's, there's nothing wrong. I do plan on watching that this. Uh, I do plan on watching that this week. If How I'm many episodes is Arcane? Way. It's nine episodes, forty minutes long a piece. I would uh, Grayson watch three. If you ain't into it after the third episode, check out of it. Okay, question for you: Is it is it heavily video game oriented, or can it can is it is it easily pick up for anybody? No, was, that, that's what I was mentioning earlier. I just didn't want to like dive gush too much about it. Um, it it's telling a, a specific story about two characters in, in the game, but they're doing they're doing like their origin, and they're two of some of the more interesting characters that have like more like like human ties. It's telling a decent story so far. It's interesting enough. Okay. Okay. Standalone story. Gotcha. Yep. We should definitely dive into that if you have any interest then. But anything else you guys are watching this week? We had did you guys do you have a lot of free time this week? I found that I didn't I have didn't a lot of busy as hell this week. Yep. Well, I mean, because yeah, listen, I, we get an extra day off, but that extra day off is Thanksgiving yeah. Day, which, you know, for me was prepping, going to a dinner, making a dinner, having the other dinner. <laughs> So, like, that whole day. By the end of that day, though, I was wiped out. Like, mm-hmm. one of those things. Then I had a Friendsgiving last night, so that was nice. Yeah. You know, got together with some friends I ain't seen in a while. You know, had a couple of couple of sodas. <laughs> there you, you go. Know. Always a good thing. That Always sort of a thing. Good thing. Allegedly oh, smoked cigarettes and <laughs> instantly regretted that this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you instantly regret it? Does it do something to you, like, make you feel weird? I wanted to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Fair enough. It's All like right. I don't ever smoke and decide it was a real good idea. All right, gentlemen, this is episode... That'd be a PSA, kids. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Uncle Roger says do not smoke. This is episode 254 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. It's posted each and every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each and every week we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. So as tradition dictates and without further ado... Let's jump into the box office, gentlemen, shall we? Number one, and probably no surprise to anyone, Encanto, $27 million, bringing in a worldwide total of $69.6 million. That's a pretty nice. good start. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that's why I added the six at the end. I'm like, I don't want these idiots to say nice, and you still did. All right, great. <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife, $24.5 million domestic. Upping its worldwide to 115.7. That's, that's right. Not that's terrible. more. That's more of what I expect. From Let's that keep movie. going, baby. House of Gucci, 14.2 million domestic, a worldwide so far of only 34.7. Not great. Eternals, 7.9 million, bringing its worldwide up to 368. A meager. And finally, pushing Dune out of number five spot is Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City, 5.3 million, Oof. worldwide 13.9. Yeah, that's bad. That's Yikes. Bad. Coming yes, in indeed. in the five hole, <laughs> man. On a on a on a holiday weekend. Yep. Where people have a long about, weekend you know, on, a, on a on a big IP. Yeah. Yeah. Hold that. on. Formally, <laughs> recently disgraced IP. No, the, the games are bigger than as big as they've ever been right now. The sure, but as a movie franchise, right? No, I I, I got you. Yeah, but dead, I wanted to be clear. That shit is dead in the water. No, of course. Uh, Please stop making Resident Evil movies. <laughs> yeah, I want to like listen. Fifteen years. The man in Germany makes a lot of money making those movies. All right. This past weekend, of course, was a Thanksgiving weekend, and everything opened on Wednesday. And Kanto, House of Gucci, Resident Evil, Raccoon City, Eight Bit Christmas is a movie that I don't think we'll cover on this one, but it's uh, it's getting quite the buzz on HBO Go. It is a PG rated movie about kids who want Nintendo consoles for Christmas. If I'm, I'm sure it's a fun watch for kids. Or, I mean, people who remember – who any adult who remembers wanting a console so bad at Christmas that you, you very much wanted it. Kids. Kids in the It took All me right. six months to get an Xbox as a 39-year-old man. <laughs> Those kids can wait. All right. The next theatrical release is coming out in this, on December 10th, National Champions West Side Story. Then we have – on the Wednesday, we have Rumble, which is Paramount+. Plus. I know you've seen that trailer. It's about the big monster. Who's, who's like doing the push-ups on the bridge and then he ends up fighting in the ring. I know you've seen the trailer. I don't uh, think I have. Apparently that's going to Paramount Plus. Just Google it. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you'll recognize it instantly. I don't want right. to step on you for a minute, but you know what else is coming to Paramount Plus? We're going to get a second Clifford movie. Yeah, but that's like years Hell away. yes, baby! That's like two years away minimum. So? I can um, be excited. <laughs> but you're not. You're just doing it. I'm that. not. <laughs> Are you excited for Clifford too? Life is pain. Fair. All right. All right. December 17th, Nightmare Alley and Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. December 22nd, which is a Wednesday, The Kingsman, Matrix Resurrections, Sing 2, The Tender Bar Goes Wider. December 24th, which is the day before Christmas and a Friday, Licorice Pizza, Don't Look Up. Licorice Pizza goes expands further and Don't Look Up is a Netflix exclusive, but that's, you know, that's DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence, right? That's somebody a huge, else too, right? That's, that's a huge cast. So that's why they're pull, they're putting it there. Yeah, December twenty fifth, which is Christmas Day, American Underdog, a journal for Jordan, 
And December 31st, Cyrano is still slated, although I have doubts about that one coming out on that, that day. But let's go into streaming. We're taking a look at HBO Max this week. And this is the last week before this is the last week before we go into at least for HBO Max before we hit Christmas. So let's get some Christmas movies out the way available on HBO Max. As of today, which is November 28th, 2021, The Matrix Trilogy is available, all of them, on, on HBO Max. The Matrix 1999, The Matrix Reloaded 2003, and The Matrix Revolutions, also 2003, directed by the, by the Wachowskis. Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving. If you want to get caught up before the next one comes out, if you have HBO Max, they are all free for viewing. So get that in before the before the next movie comes out. You have a month. So would I get the same thing if I just watched the first one three times and just ignored the you'll, second you'll, two? You'll have a better time. Mm, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, not for nothing, but when when there's that big when there's that big final battle with all the humans and the machines and aiming at the that one hole in the ceiling, like that's a pretty cool fight. I mean, I when mean, the dude listen, when the dude's in the mech and he's just yeah. throwing casings, that's cool. <laughs> that was movie. Listen, I love the Matrix and the idea of it. Those last couple of movies were woof, yeah, woof. And I don't need an eleven and eleven minute sixteen second fight scene ever. In I mean, life. is is there is are they any different than the last? What if you can just need a good eleven minute? Fight scene. You know what? Show it to me, and I'll tell you. But Fair so enough. far, I've let's see how that. long that fight scene is in Atomic. What about that giant fight scene in Daredevil, the TV show where he fights in the stairwell for like that's, that's like nine minutes? No, it's not. But it's, it's long as hell. But it's, it's good. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, Chris. That movie I talk about all the time, Extraction. Those fight scenes are like 15, 20 minutes, man. There's a couple. Well, those aren't all fight scenes though, because those are like fight move, fight move, yeah, fight move. Yeah. yeah, you got to fight on two semis for forty-five minutes. I didn't need that. But that's. What if there was though. a third semi? Then I'm in. Mm. What is this like? What? Where did? Where in your brain did that come from, Roger? What the, the <laughs> I just <laughs> want to know what made Chris, bring Chris joy. Oh my God. All right, number two, Elf, directed by John Favreau, Will Ferrell, James Caan, Bob Newhart, Zoe Deschanel, Mary Steenburgen, Peter Dinklage, 2003. That is, I think that's a cult classic by now. Huge, huge fan favorite. I do I, not enjoy Elf. You know what? I don't, I'm not that bad. I don't hate it, but I, I, I dislike that movie greatly. I was never big on Elf. You I don't really like Will Ferrell, though. That's so. true. Well, that's <laughs> probably a piece of that. <laughs> but I was a Will Ferrell fan back in the day, in the heyday, and I still didn't. I still was not crazy about Elf. Uh, I, I will say that there was a time when I thought Will Ferrell could do no wrong, and then and then Elf came out. And you're like, oh, God. no, 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 no. That was. I mean, Anchorman was really when Will Ferrell kicked off. That was in 2004, though. So that was a whole six months later. But A whole six months. <laughs> I'm just saying, a different year. All right, Elf is available. The Polar Express by director Robert Zemeckis, Tom Hanks, Michael Jeter, Leslie Zemeckis, 2004. I don't remember f- fond memories of that movie. I don't know how you guys feel. Roger, I'm sure you've seen that. Do you remember it? Uh, I've or? seen it. Don't really care. It wasn't really as memorable as. Plus, I remember movie. the book because I mean it wasn't a movie when I was a little kid. Um, I remember the book was being it was like a real big deal, but like I always thought that the Polar Express the movie. I think it looks weird. Yeah, because it's like almost real, but <laughs> not real, like that sort of thing. You know, I don't know. You know, no, what movie I, always the yeah. other one too when they redid the Christmas Carol. The like when Zemeckis redid that oh, the same Jim, kind of animation style. Jim Jim Carrey, yeah, yeah. Didn't really dig that either. God, I remember that movie just 
even like well into January, that movie was just selling out like every weekend. Yeah, they, they, well, because back with this when we moved, worked at the movie theater and they were bringing kids up for like holiday things and they were always watching that movie and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that movie did so much fucking money. Jeez. You know, I kind of like remember my movie theater days kind of – I thought I would not be – I thought I would not be sad they're gone, but I have so many good memories from working in a movie theater that I got kind I remember of the day I found out what Twilight was. What do you mean? Like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And then it was just really, really busy for, I don't know, <laughs> for eight consecutive weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then that eight weeks became, I don't know, four other movies. Yep. <laughs> what true. the hell is this? This is true. You don't know what this is? I remember having that conversation. No, don't you work in a movie theater? Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, before we get in the trailers... I wanna, we want to bring up one news story that hit the, the social media pretty hard this week. Um, it involves uh, a mega director, Ridley Scott. And uh, it, the movie that it's talking about is The Last Duel, which we talked about you know, quite recently. Within a few it wasn't weeks. very long ago. It was within a few weeks we talked about it. And we, pretty, we, we liked it on this show. I, I have to preface it by saying we generally dug that movie on this show. But out of... The hundred million dollar budget, which which means the advertising budget was probably forty or fifty million, it brought in only a worldwide of what was it twenty seven or maybe it was a domestic of twenty seven. But however it was, it was low. Here I'm gonna look look, look it up. But so Roger, tell everyone what what he has done over the past week. So Ridley Scott, for some reason, thought it was a great idea to well, mind you, he directs House of Gucci. So during his House of Gucci tour, somebody asked him about Last Duel because Last Duel didn't make a lot of money, and most people seem to have watched Last Duel, seem to enjoy it, and they ask him why he thought it didn't make any money. So our boy Ridley decided to say, "Hey." I think I made a good movie, but it's the millennials' fault that they wouldn't go and sit through a movie that they'd rather mess around on their phones than go see something like that. It's this, this them blasted kids. <laughs> so, I, when Grayson sent this to us in our group chat, I immediately sent home, sent back the Simpsons meme of Grandpa Simpson, where it says "Old Man Yells at Cloud." Because <laughs> listen, what do you have to gain by saying this? Yeah. What, What's done the millennials, yeah. in quotation marks, we are the peak demographic for everything now. <laughs> Stop doing this. Yeah. Well, Just we're gonna be like, all he had to say was like, "Listen, I don't really. I'm proud of my work. I don't know why it didn't make as much money as I thought it should. It's very good. I recommend you see it." Perfectly fine answer. Who are you calling out? <laughs> I don't know. A billion people. Congrats. <laughs> Well, I think there's a lot more to it, but next week when we talk about House of Gucci, directed by, of course, Ridley Scott, we'll get more into that as kind of a news uh, that, that will come before the review of House of Gucci or our discussion of House of Gucci. But, I mean, it did only make worldwide – I thought it was only domestic 24, worldwide off of a $100 million budget. Twenty-eight point eight million. Oh my! So I mean, they. I mean, not even including the advertising budget, which is never included in the actual movie budget. They took sixty-five, almost sixty-five or seventy million dollar hit on that one. Man, <laughs> imagine that. That is that's like what? What was that movie, Roger? That came out not too long. Chris, you might also remember. Um, Peter Jackson was part of it. Uh, oh, Mortal Engines. You remember when like? The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie was a disaster. That movie came out in like what like December eighteenth, like this the week before Christmas, and all. I mean, like it didn't it? It was gone like two weeks later, like legit, like 
it was a massive release that was i mean that's the only other movie in recent history i can think of that lost that much money percentage-wise yeah. man that's a big lot we'll get more of that next week but ridley scott i mean look i adore the hell out of you man but you definitely put your foot in your mouth <laughs> so and it was your i mean it was your conscious choice to do it so we will definitely get I mean, one that week I, I don't want to bust on the guy for being a hall of fame director with his filmography but he hasn't made anything good since the martian and that was six years ago <laughs> so well look i mean last duel was good it's just no one watched it i mean that's the problem everybody watched the martian yeah, Except Chris is good. Yeah, yeah, I was say that one, yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. <laughs> Still should. Yeah, I know, I know. Let's jump into some trailers, shall we? Let's talk about the trailer with Jennifer Lopez and Luke Wilson. No, sorry, Owen Wilson. I'm not that guy. Marry me. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> marry so, me looks to be an interesting. So the trailer is Jennifer Lopez's character is just about to marry someone who they're about to take their vows on stage and it's it she finds out that he has been cheating and is cheating with her assistant so luke oh sorry owen wilson who is drugged to a, to to the concert by looks to be his sister or friend and his daughter will he's holding the sign that says marry me and jennifer lopez's character looks out and says okay and then they get married that's actually kind of a cool creative concept for a movie i think so I want to premise with saying that I didn't hate this trailer when, listen, I really thought I was going to hate this yep. trailer from the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm in the same boat. And obviously I have made, uh, I, I am no longer allowed to make fun of Jennifer Lopez movies since I bagged on Hustlers <laughs> for like four months and then Hustlers rules. So, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, like, so, I mean, sometimes you, you see a, a romantic comedy trailer like this and it, even the trailer—it's it's not cringy. Yeah, so even the, the even the trailer makes you cringe. You know it's not going to be great. And the whole time I'm watching the trailer, I, I was—it wasn't cringy. It, it seems like it seems genuine. And I was like, all right, this might not be terrible because I I thought I was going to hate you, Grayson, <laughs> at first. No, I mean, then, watching the trailer, I was like, okay, I like think I can be in Valentine's, Valentine's Day, which is, is that's yep, perfect yeah, for something like that. Yep. Listen, if I get a PG thirteen romantic comedy that's not awful for Valentine's Day, that's great. all I can ask for. Great. Yep. Because I know I'm going to have to watch it, so if I don't hate it, <laughs> things are better for me. Yep. <laughs> there you go. What did you I, think of it? Oh, I, you, you know I loved it. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, it. I melted. <laughs> I didn't have to ask. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I melted. I'm just a big sucker. For I melted. Oh, <laughs> you gross. Gross. I'm a, I'm a huge sap. I'm a huge romantic. What do, you, what do you want from me? So, I mean, I have some. I probably have some girls in my past that would disagree with that statement. But don't we all? Don't we all? All right, let's talk about national champions. Roger, Chris, this is more up your alley since I'm not very much with the sports balls. I don't do into the sports and things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think national champions is a cool idea, especially because uh, things have changed a lot in college football recently, and I yeah. don't want to get overly into, into it because it's a lot. Yeah. But now players are allowed to make money off their name, image, and likeness, which is a big deal. Um, and that's basically what this is, that, hey, we're going to play in a game that's going to make these people like half a billion dollars minimum. And some of these people will never play a game again and, you know, they're going to have medical problems for life. Mm -hmm. And about unionizing a college team or unionizing, you know, college sports. And it's a big deal. And I'm interested to see about which direction it goes. It's got a good cast. It's got a great cast. It's got J.K. Simmons as a football coach. And I told Chris halfway through the trailer, like, I would run through a wall for J.K. Simmons (laughs) if he was my coach. He's my dad. That's right. (laughs) Um, But I'm here for that. So (laughs) as long as it's done well, I think it can be great. So. Yeah, actually, I've been hearing buzz about this for a while. Yeah, that's actually due out on December 10th. We'll talk about 
So on the, on this, the weekend of the 17th, we'll talk about that and West Side Story on the same weekend. So that, that'll be that weekend. But yeah, I, I, mm, I like these kind of movies. I do. I like J.K. Simmons a whole lot. So it makes what was sense. his name? Jake Laser? Yeah. Yeah. Something Laser. Yeah. Oh. His last name is, Co- I don't know. They call him Coach Laser. And yeah. that, that is awesome. That rules. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I'm all, I'm, I like a good sports movie. Um, and of course, we have American Underdog coming out. Not too we much. Talk about that next. Just watch another trailer for that one. Yeah. American Underdog, Kurt Warner. Uh, Roger, this is also your territory. What do you, what do you think about this? I mean, the story behind Kurt Warner. Now, listen. If this isn't a lot of people know of Kurt Warner's path about how he got to the NFL and where he is. He had like the weirdest career ever before he got before he hit the jackpot. Yeah. Basically, he um he went through this thing where he was a, an above average player, never got recruited, which happened. It happens all the time. Oh, yeah. He balled out in college, ended up trying tried out for the NFL, didn't make it, ended up being part of the Arena League. Played great, super accurate quarterback. Gets a shot to play for the Rams. Makes it through training camp. The Rams guy who was a stud in front of him literally tears his knee up, and they give him the keys of the kingdom, and he they capitalized. Win. Yep. He wins the Super Bowl. Wins the Super Bowl <laughs> that year. Yep. Ends up and if ends up as an NFL Hall of Famer. It's in Kurt Warner. Not really my kind of guy, but is generally respected as like a very well-respected, nice dude. Yeah, yeah so, he, he just seems like a good guy. Yes. So he's like religious. That's not really yeah. my thing. But yeah. Hey, if it works for him, good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, Kurt. I'm a big fan of Zachary Levi, and he's going to be on my show. He actually comes in after the holidays. So he, you got to tell him to listen to our show? Yeah. I mean, just if I get him. the opportunity, I will definitely tell actually, him to listen to our show. if you get the opportunity, you tell him to come on to this show. Yeah. At least pop in and say hi. Well, I mean, his... his just record one thing It says... This is Zachary Levy, and you're listening to For the Love of Cinema, and I will give him a thousand dollars. I'll make sure Zachary Levi, Levi, Levi hears that, and I'm sure he'll do it. Um, I will give him a thousand American dollars. <laughs> well, apparently, everyone's talking about him coming in. He's a super nice dude. I'm going to have to explain that to somebody why I spent a thousand dollars. You explain it to your wife for sure. I mean, just say computer parts. Or tax, tax, tax returns, or whatever. I had to work in the studio. <laughs> he's a, I mean, from from the. the if he's a nice guy, guy, you should do it. Yeah. The then, listen, if he's really nice, don't tell him about the thousand dollars. Fair. I'll say that for. I'll keep that for the clinch pen. But I mean, yeah, his, that's right. Don't, do not lead with that. His his assistant has emailed accounting and says whatever you guys need. I'm I will I'm authorized to get whatever you need. Zachary Zachary loves. Accounting. I need thirty so. seconds. <laughs> I just need ten seconds of Zachary's time. Ten seconds. Actually, I bet you could do it in four. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. Fine. <laughs> Our American Underdog. We're all excited for that. Now, here's the question. It's not really a trailer, but Jurassic Park Dominion. That's kind of weird. No, listen, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean that the footage we see is weird, but it's like a five-minute intro or yeah. something, right? So here's the thing. Is it's this the prologue. first five minutes of this movie? Yes, it's the prologue. The first half of this of this video we watched looks like a great movie. The other half looks like a Jurassic Park movie. Looks like they're chasing a dinosaur. <laughs> Somehow they lost a dinosaur <laughs> again. Lo- I've got eyes on the animal. Bitch, that's a dinosaur. He's going to say animals. No, at least say reptile. Something. Reptiles are animals. It it's, stupid, it's a stupid line. Well, I mean, okay, we're coming off of... What were they okay. called? We see the dino. That's, that's okay, let's works. just recap for a second, gentlemen. So we're, we're going back all the way to the first Jurassic Park, which is a masterpiece of a movie. 
Sure. It blew all of our minds when, when, when all of our young minds saw those animatronics. We, I mean, we lost it. It, it was so good. So the, we're, we start with the best in 93 and then Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom in what, 2018, 2019, 2019 is absolutely the worst Jurassic Park movie to date. Uh, probably. That might even be, that might even be, uh, be a contender for the worst movie of the year. Yeah, Jurassic World did all this good stuff about reopening this chapter where you could go down another path, and Fallen Kingdom like kicked a corpse into the ocean. <laughs> Here we go, baby. We're riding this raft. I love the I love the memes that everyone keeps talking about. Like the the the, the writers go down the same path every movie. We try to resurrect dinosaurs. Think we can control them? All hell breaks loose. We have to find a way to fix it. Like every movie is that. We have the dinosaurs. We lose the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs kill a bunch of people. We have to stop the dinosaurs. Now we gotta explain why there's dead people from dinosaurs. Yeah. Now the dinosaurs are out in the world, and they said we're not allowed to do this anymore, but we did it anyway. They were literally auctioning off dinosaurs in the last movie, like that. I mean, well, hold on. That's the most realistic thing about what rich people would do. I mean, you're not wrong. About All that. the problems with that movie, I mean, you that just, I believe would you happen. You just watched season two of Tiger King, and you're shocked by that part of it. Like seriously, <laughs> true. That's true. That's. God, yeah, just imagine them auctioning off tigers, but dinosaurs instead. <laughs> and you're right; rich people would absolutely find a way to own a baby dinosaur, which would turn impossible very, very, very quickly. Um, I, I need a dinosaur now, Daddy. They, like, it's gonna happen. They need to go back to the story of Owen, played by Chris Pratt, and Blue, the the raptor. They have to somehow get back to that story, and I don't think I think that's so far in the rear view by now. I don't think they're going to. Owen dies in Blue's hands. Life I mean, has come full circle. That's fine as long as they as long as, that's, as long as that's working into the story of a sacrifice dark or something. For you. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. As long as maybe maybe Blue has to kill him for some. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not writing the goddamn movie. You I'm think the saying. dinosaur has to make a life or death decision? <laughs> <laughs> I have to save the planet. I have to eat Owen. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that. That's probably a little too complex for a raptor. For a raptor. I just I don't really have much hope. I mean, I'm gonna watch it because you know, big dumb spectacle. I'm a guy. I love that. So I just want more of Jurassic World, less of Fallen Kingdom. That's a fair. It doesn't have to be as good as Jurassic World, fair. but goddamn it, it can't be as bad as Fallen Kingdom, it right? Can, it can be. It might be. Okay. That's you know what I meant. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. You know what I meant. Just Boom! like just like for a while, those DC movies couldn't afford another another trash heap. They just couldn't. It had to be better. All right, gentlemen, let's roll the dice since they're both theatrical. King Richard first or Ghostbusters Afterlife? Uh, King Richard. King Richard first. All right, King Richard it is. Now, as we have, we have started talking about them differently, let's start off with King Richard's on Rotten Tomato score as a lot of people go to this for definitive rankings. Tomato meter, 90%, 9-0. So I guess that means 9... 90% of all critics have given it. A positive review. Positive review. And the audience score is 98. Not, those are some good numbers to be sitting It's in. pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Which, right. after watching the movie, makes sense. Yeah, I get it. It really is. I mean, when, when Will Smith wants to be on the ball, he really is on the ball. Will Smith never isn't on the ball. Mm, His movies right. sometimes aren't great. Okay. Yeah, there I, you go. That's I fair. mean, <laughs> name a poor Will Smith performance. After Earth. No, that wasn't his fault. He's bad in that movie too. Yeah, I, I think I think that was just a paycheck for him. It's the same. <laughs> that's the same to me. No, you. no, that's what I'm saying. Is he just he just he he wasn't he wasn't all there for that. All right, Will Smith as Richard Williams, Demi Singleton as Serena Williams, Sanaya Sidney as Venus Williams, and Anjune Ellis as 
Oracine Brandy Williams. And of course, we love this guy, John Bernthal as Rick Macy, Tony Goldwyn as Paul Cohen, Susie Abramet as Robin Finn, directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green. Roger, tell us what King Richard's all about. So Richard Williams, uh, the titular character of King Richard, is the tennis legend Venus and Serena Williams' father, who is probably a crazy person. Uh, well, is definitely a crazy there person who basically has their entire lives mapped out and is openly constructing them into tennis prodigies. Did you know that Venus and Serena had other had other siblings? I did. Yes, movie? I did not know. That. Okay. I was uninformed. Yes, I did know that, um, <laughs> actually. But, yeah, I mean, this is a story of how that family basically is all in for them to be successful tennis legends. Yeah. And spoiler, they are tennis legends. What? Well, I mean, so, okay, we'll, we'll dig into the actual movie. I do want to point out one thing. Venus Williams was the first, the older sister. Serena Williams, who they don't talk about too much in this movie, is generally regarded now as the greatest tennis player of all time. Yep. Not greatest female tennis player, the greatest tennis player of all time. Which I think that's they really only kind of throw that in as an afterthought at the end, which yeah. I thought was kind of weird. Well, but. I mean, so he talks about how he knows that she's going to be blah, blah, blah. Yes. And, and we don't know how much of that, you know, is for movie flair and pizzazz. But I don't know. He's crazy. So probably real. <laughs> <It's> probably real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's one of those things where, like, it, like this is their story, quote unquote. But it was, it was a di- the better story to tell was all the things that. What's what gets them yeah, to that exactly. point? Yes, no, I understand that. Sure. No, so it just makes more. It makes sense how how this movie breaks down the way it does. I I, I didn't have a problem with that though. I, I found myself enjoying the movie more than I thought I would. Yeah, way more. Uh, the thing with this movie is this movie is very tennis heavy. Yep. Um. For obvious reasons. I mean, yep. this is a tennis movie. That yep. um, won't be for everybody, but uh, it's interesting. I, I enjoyed it, so there's that. Mm-hmm. See, I don't, th- I don't think it's as ten tennis heavy as as I think your statement just suggested it may be. I, I actually think the, ten- the tennis wasn't a big part of it. It was, I mean, I, me not being a fan of tennis only because I don't, I never played tennis. I, I still was very enthralled by the movie. You strike me as a tennis guy. No, I mean I'm, yeah. I'm not. Sorry, yeah. um, but the thing is, like it's it's good, you know. And the tennis, like they they really play tennis in this. Like I mentioned to Chris before we started, that w- that was a big deal breaker for me on this one. Mm-hmm. Is they don't uh, they don't act like they're playing tennis. They're actually being filmed playing, playing tennis. tennis yeah. So that makes it so much better, so much more realistic. And I think Will Smith does a great job as Richard Williams because if you like. You see at the end where they show an actual interview with the actual Richard Williams. He is a crazy person. <laughs> like, as crazy of a person as there is. So, yeah. But yeah. He, he did something right, though. I mean, he did well, listen, right. He did, right? He he had that family. They were running a tight ship. Yes, <laughs> yes, they were. Right? And they, they were all in for everybody to be as successful in life as possible. And sometimes, I guess, you got to be crazy for that to happen. Yep. So... Yeah. What do you say? He wrote a seventy-six page plan for their lives before they before were they were born. Yeah, wow. And they, and they, they weren't twins. I mean, they they they, no, they were a couple. They were like two years yeah. apart. So like he he wrote the and then he had one had or another. Couple more kids. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. All right. We open with Will Smith doing Will Smith stuff. Now it it, it opens. I think 
on Will Smith because that's of course he's the he's the draw to this movie is sure. Will Smith or the I mean you're going to be attracted to this is Will Smith or it's the story of the Serena of the, of the Williams sisters um, and how good how they got to where they are in tennis. So I think those are do, do, I think those are one of the two you know major crowds you're, you're going to going to pull in those two different sequiturs. But I, I love the tr- truck he's driving in the very beginning is has says Prince on it. And I would love to know Prince? if that's real. Yeah, like on that, you know, the truck in one of those like old like seventies Volkswagens vans. Oh, oh I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah, his sweet, his sweet Volkswagen micro bus. Yeah, which yeah, which sorry, looks pretty damn close. Yeah, I, I said, I said truck. I meant bus, but it's on the front like that extra spare tire and has like prints on. And I, I wonder if that's like a true detail and they just happened. Well, to they showed the bus. Yeah, it yeah. looks exactly yeah. like it. So it like that a works. Replica of that. He's the Prince of bus. Could be of Bel Air. And so we see him being strict with his kids. He has what five, six, five, five right? Daughters. Five, five daughters, daughters there. Five daughters, yeah. Yeah, they mentioned his other kids. Five too. daughters, and he is pushing his two, of course, Venus and Serena, at tennis. We see very early on, and some kids rock up, and you know they, they cause a little trouble. Which I, I'm surprised that the movie chose to show what they did. Because but you know what, though, the, I. That to me is something that absolutely probably happened, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like I believe that whole scenario Start happened. To finish. Yeah. Right. So listen, he got beat up because he told him to stay away from his family. He went later on that evening, you know, got his gun the next day. It was the next day, right? Yeah. yeah. The next day he found this guy. <laughs> Man, what happened to that dude? I didn't see coming like going down yeah, that yeah, way, but yeah. I was just I remember in watching it in my house and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I won't spoil what happens. Trust me, it's kind of nuts. Yeah, but it's also very satisfying <laughs> in a weird yeah, way. Sort of. I mean, an obvious, an obvious bad dude is removed from the from the scenario, and that's you know, they're never a bad <laughs> eliminated from an equation. <laughs> bad thing happens. The bad dude got it. Uh, it's not even a few minutes into the movie before you get the scene when we have. So he comes back from tennis, and he's very strict on him. You know, do your homework, and then you're in bed by ten. No fooling around, and like that's Richard Williams is like he has a plan for his kids and they're all going to follow their specific lines of and then we get of course to the scene where where, where Richard and his wife are on the bed and that's the line delivery of Venus and Serena going to shake up this world and like that's what I appreciate about Will Smith among the many things I appreciate about Will Smith is man he can deliver lines when he really wants to deliver some lines boy he's good yeah and, I he's mean, great He's great. It's just like when he's in the things. right role, he can be incredible. Yep. He really can. And it's just that kind of like shook me for a second. I was in the theater, so but it kind of shook me because like that's just it's great line delivery. And they don't really linger on that one because there's plenty more of Richard and wife reactions to come that are who some of those re- some 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 of those conversations they have are just they're tough to watch. We get an incredible scene at the house in Florida. Yeah, we yep. we get a couple incredible scenes at the house in Florida, and what I love more, and Chris, I think you are not a fan of this, if I remember right. The when some of those really kind of intense dialogue moments start between Richard and wife, like the camera starts to be the wandering camera, where it like starts to like move a little bit to like really convey there's tension here. I yeah, love that. I mean, it, it works in this movie. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, generally I I'd, I'd rather the camera just. The camera do less of the work and the character and it just be about the character moments. But. So after we get past the first kind of, uh, after we get past the first couple story beats, I want to ask you guys a question. So this movie is called King Richard. 
Yes. Would you call this a biopic? Yes. And if you would, who is the who is the subject of the biopic? Richard. It's Richard. Okay, so Richard is definitely this ain't this ain't Venus and Serena's story. No, yeah, this is his story. This is a story that is about the person who molded Venus and Serena. It is not Venus's and Serena's story. Yeah, you, yeah, you're following King. You're following Richard through everything, right? Like, you know, there's there's moments where Venus and or Serena aren't there, and you're just with we're just with him. There's unless unless it's while she's playing tennis, you're not just with her. You know, any any of his two kids, you're always with him, and he's always there at those moments too. Yeah, so. you get very little of this movie that doesn't have Richard in it. Mm-hmm. Like there are a couple of scenes between the girls and mom or the girls in Bernthal. Um, but Richard's almost always there. Present, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely his movie. Yeah, it's his movie, sure. So that's why that was one of my questions really early on is I mean the movie's called King Richard. So it's yeah. very obvious that he's gonna have a massive part in it. Uh, but it's so with that answered, did they downplay Venus and Serena or did they did they put him in enough they're part of King Richard's story. No, I think they highlight what they need to. Yeah. But I mean, this is his story and what the, I don't, it's going to sound weird, but like the sacrifices question mark that he makes for them, because he really does cater everybody's lives around them. Yes. And he's the ringleader of that circus. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, really comes to a point where like mom's working during the day. He's working during the night when one's working, the other one's coaching and making sure all the other kids are doing their homework and getting straight A's going to be a lawyer, going to be a doctor. That Those are the forgotten people in this movie. The yeah. other sisters that, yeah. that play a big role in their lives, but you don't hear much about them mm-hmm. besides the fact that, you know, at some point child services shows up yeah, saying well, that he'd been pushing them too hard and, that's you my know, favorite scene. Of the it's a great scene. Yeah. Like he gives them hell, and he's like, "You want to talk about the kids? Let's talk about it." And this is straight off the trailer. He's like, "You know, she's first in the class. She's going to be a doctor. She's yeah. got you know working on a lawyer program. Spell civilization. Yeah, yeah. It, like that's a great scene, and it's all because of some bitch neighbor yeah. who doesn't like how they're doing things. And I think that led to the best scene in the whole movie." Where, <laughs> where mom yeah. goes to visit the neighbor and she was like, I think this is the first time I've ever been over here. And she's like, that's a shame. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, it is. And she's like, don't make me ever have to come back over here. Yep. And that's all that she says to her. Yeah. And she, you know, she's like, I have five dollars and it's hard. and Don't make me ever have to come back over here. Mm-hmm. And then she just turns and walks away. Yep. And, and it's so good. I, well, I, I, like you can see that as one full collective scene, the child services, and then immediately into that, or two separate scenes. But the, the, to me, that's scene number one and number two in the movie, easily. Absolutely, I love. I wait, love wait, wait. What, what do you think? So scenes well. number one and number two. I just want to make sure I heard that right. Uh, when, when child, child services, services and then immediately after, when mom goes to visit the neighbors. Yeah, absolutely. Those are pretty. Those are some strong scenes. Yeah, you're okay. You might be right about that. Only yeah. because the child services scene is, it didn't play out like I thought it was going to play out. I mean, dialogue wise, because they really had no. I mean, I, I was still like, why are they there? Why are the police? Is because some someone saw them out on the court playing tennis in the rain? I don't think so. No. I think it was just the neighbor, the neighbor was called. The neighbor was, called him. You know, the neighbor called him because of the tennis thing. Or I just thought it was. 
I think I don't think it was that in particular. I think it was a culmination of everything. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I, I, okay. Think, I think the child services lady was like was was accusatory about them being out practicing tennis in the rain. But an obvious answer to this is: listen, they play tennis in the rain. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Unless it's thunder and lightning, you play tennis in the rain. Yep. So agreed. Yep, it, it's something that happens. But um, you know this this actually that actually pushes the f- scene forward enough. Like, because then immediately after that, they get a coach, mm-hmm. then they get another coach, and. Um, then we, you know, we get Barenthal. Actually, I love the both coaches in this movie. Yeah, uh, I think they're both great. They both play equal roles. I felt bad for both the coaches too. Coach, right? uh, the first coach, I forget Paul. his name. Yeah, Coach Paul. Man, they did. She, he did him wrong. So dirty. So yep. bad. And all because he wanted to do exactly what they ended up doing anyway. Yeah. Yep. So well, and and the the line that was I thought was harsh, but it was good was, you know, you'll never find a coach to, you know, to take these kids for free. He's like, he's like, you did. Found you. Yeah. yeah you, you did it for free. And you're, Oh, that's, that's, coach. that's, that's Andrew. He's like, he's like, I think you're a pretty good coach. Yeah. He's like, well, thank you, Richard. Yeah. Like you just <laughs> like, you have that awkward stare. Yep. And I think you've taken my girls as far as you can take them. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> this dude is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, listen, if you didn't realize to that point, how crazy he was like that to me was a real, like solidifying factor that, I mean, obviously like I, I know of Serena in Venus about how they are legendary tennis players like that to me. If you were doing something like that now, you threw away the guy that was a coach of Pete Sampras and John McEnroe, two of the greatest tennis champions of all time, and you basically told him to piss off. He wasn't good enough. Yep. The balls on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, what a dice roll that oh, is. Yeah. And like, He also, those, those same dice you just referenced, like what a dice roll, mm-hmm. he rolls those same dice like 10 times in this movie. Like, oh, yeah. As far as we can tell, and as this movie portrays, he never really misses on anything related to them. All the bad stuff that happened in his life doesn't revolve around that, you know. And, you know, they end up with Barenthal's character, Richard Macy from Mm -hmm. Florida, and, you know... Got that accent. Oh yeah, and he's he's got the greatest mustache. All right, Roger, you go go, go ahead and take go ahead and take oh, two two go. minutes. Two Sorry minutes. I thought we agreed on twenty. Yeah, <laughs> if you can talk for twenty minutes in the mustache, you can have twenty minutes in the mustache. Okay. What if I did ten on the stash, ten on the accent? The accent's the thing that. How about you take me out? <laughs> how about you take one 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 minute on each one and one? I'm going to talk about Richard Macy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, he's a tennis coach from Florida. They get him to fly all the way out to Compton, takes him out to the court, um, which I always thought was kind of neat. They call it the country club. Yeah. You know, it's their own, like, court you know, attached to a playground that they seem to be the only people taking care of it. And they they work really hard to take care of that, which I actually respected that. Yeah. Um, that they go about their business, and, you know, he's so happy to have them. And they work out all these details about how he'll bring them on and make sure that they're for the next several years of their education, their food, their housing's all taken care of. And Richard hands him a portfolio of his own. was like, if you get them, you get us. And here's our yep. thing. And for some ungodly reason, he agrees to do it. Well, he had him, right? He yeah, had him. Yeah. He said, well, he said, don't, he said, don't you, don't you believe in these girls? Yeah. Ever, he said, I believe in these girls. It was like, mm-hmm. 
Of course I do, Richard. <laughs> you know, it basically ends with him, you know, him buying them an RV or renting them an RV to drive across the country yep. to live in a large home in Florida oh, yeah. and train daily. Yeah. And then the real ball drops after they've been in training for a while that they're not going to do junior tennis anymore. That was on day one. Was it day one? It was when they arrived. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because they showed up and they were uh, they were playing tennis with that with that girl that ends up you know burning out or and, whatever. And, and, yeah, Capriotti. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 he's like, by the way, they're not doing junior. And he he was pissed. He's like, I wasn't part of the deal. He's like, I never said it was part of the deal. Yeah. Like he hits him with like the child, like the fourth grader logic yeah. was like, you never ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's more or less after he gets done telling telling him all these things, Macy's like. You could have told me these things before we made the deal. He, he said that I could have, but I chose not to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like all these things about, well, no, they're not playing juniors. They're not going to make you a dime for five years. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, the guy's the guy's paying for your house, for your RV, for pretty much everything you have right now. He's paying for it. So, yeah. I mean, talk about dice rolls. Any one yeah. of those dice rolls failed, they, that this whole story is undone. But then we get our first what? We get our first time skip of the whole movie, really, yeah. right? We yep. jump three years ahead. Yeah. They have been there on his dime. Yeah. Now Richard's actually working at the club though. Like yeah. he's not he's not freeloading yep. or anything. You know, he's working, the kids are doing everything. And listen, Richard Macy's got a pretty tight ship running down that's there. One of his know? businesses. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, that's what he does. Isn't that Rick? Did. Is it Rick or Rich? I think it's Rick Macy. I can, I can be, it's a Rick, yeah. Rick R well, okay. Rick Richard. Yeah. Rick's usually short okay. for Richard. But yeah, he's he's running his thing and um, then we get into the real thing of where she's got a what practice scheduled, and they find out about Capriotti, who was his first, you know, legendary youngest yeah. tennis star, to make it about how she's burned out and he gets busted doing drugs, and which is that is all true. Yeah. That is all yep. a true story. Um, and Richard kind of does Richard things and just pulls him out of practice to just Let's go, go be a kid, go, go, go to, to Disney, go to Disney. Day. Yep. And then, you know, they show up. Rick shows up at the house and, you know, they, they really have it out right there. And I, I thought that was, that's probably, that's, that's probably, that's a really good scene. No, but, well, that leads into the mom and him yeah. going out in the kitchen, which I think is probably the best scene of the movie. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, clo- it's close. Okay. I still, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let's talk about that scene for one second, Roger. Why do you love, well, let's talk about the context of the scene for a second. And then why do you love it so much? Well, I think the scene where he gets into it with Rick in the, you know, in the basically in the driveway, right? Driveway yeah. of the house about how he's telling him that Rick's had enough. Yeah. Like he's basically telling him, like, hey, I've done this for three years. It's time that you actually do something. And he's like, That's not Richard uh excuse me, uh Richard Williams. He's, he's like, That's not what this is about. This is not what we agreed to. And Rick just loses his shit. He's like, I can't deal with this. Mm-hmm. He's like, we got to do something different. You know, we got to move the path forward. It's either she plays in this or we do that and blah, blah, blah. And he just leaves. Yep. He's like, you're making the mistake. You're ruining these kids. And for the first time, somebody actually throws the shade back at him. Yeah. And he just leaves. Mm-hmm. He doesn't apologize. He's not like, I'll see you tomorrow. He just gets in his car and drives away. Mm-hmm. So, and then, uh, they get back into the house, which leads to – was that the – right after that, right? Yeah. It leads into the argument between – And his know, wife. The wife. And they really go at each other hard yeah. for, I don't know, what, five minutes? Oh, yeah. Give or take. And, you know, maybe mom's throwing some truth haymakers at yeah, him. Right, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> she's like, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. 
Yeah, like I, that. I, I, I love that truth haymaker. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, let's. Okay, so she has a her her objections are valid, especially yes, the first one. Time. Everybody, everybody that objects to Richard Williams is valid. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Nobody is wrong all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's just. It's a great scene of them hashing out things about how, you know, I stand by the choices that you make, but it's not just about you. You know, if you don't think that you ask Venus how she feels about it, because he never considered that. And you can tell on his face like it never once mattered to him what Venus wanted to do. You know, and that leads to another excellent scene of him tracking down Venus a couple hours later. Right. Yeah. And how it progresses the rest of it forward. And it's great. Like that. That is some of the best parts of these movies. And then we get to watch her play tennis. Yeah, you know, that's, yep. that's it. Just but good. he does, like, he does slowly come around to including others in, in, in the decision-making process, which in the beginning, no one else is included. In well, movie. I think it's because at that moment, like, those those two scenes, which really take place, if lead us to believe that they take place in about a half hour's time in yeah. real life, if those two things would come at you like that in real life, you'd probably have to reevaluate perspective at least a little bit, yep. unless you were a sociopath. Which, for a while, I'm thinking maybe. <laughs> but, you know, it works out that way. So Indeed. That's, those, are some, those are some of the better scenes, though, for sure. Those are some of the more intense. Those are the most scenes. emotional scenes, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. So There are some other ones I would argue pretty emotional. That, the last match, I thought, was, man, that had me. Look, I knew that Venus, was it Venus who was playing for the? Yeah. Venus. Ven- I knew that Venus wasn't the world champion at 14. So nope. I, I knew how that had to end, but man, I was literally, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat watching that match, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but that's another, that's a very emotional one for me because I was invested and somebody who doesn't, I don't care much for tennis. I was every, every inch of that ball. I was like, Oh man. But oh man. The one real thing about the tennis scenes is they are, they do it very well. It's like I said, it's not fake tennis. Yeah. Like they're really playing tennis and it looks real and it feels real. And in a movie like this where, yes, it's not all about tennis. This movie's all about tennis. It is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's it. That's the the crux of this whole thing. Because if not, you're just dealing with some weird dad. Yeah, but it's not, (laughs) it's not hard to understand who's on the court, who's winning and who's losing, which I think in some sports movies is really all you need to know for the audience. Who's, who's got the upper hand, who doesn't. Because the intri- the intricacies of the sport sometimes can elude most people who don't know the sport, but I mean this one's pretty easy to follow. Um, well, yeah. So well, let's. Just, I want to just go ahead just a little bit farther and talk about the one last real Richard Williams scene of this with uh, when we're dealing with Nike. Yeah. When uh, they finally everything falls into place and they're finally going to get Venus's turning pro. You know, she's going to go out and play in this tournament where the best of the best really start their season. Like, there's going to, it's a random draw. You can play anybody you get. And, you know, everybody's heard the stories of Venus. She's been interviewed. You know, they've been there a couple years. Richard's been really standoffish with the media sometimes because, of course, he is. Yeah. And, you know, she gets this deal for Nike. And the Nike guy's like, hey, you know, we want to get you signed on. And Richard brings up a good point, which I understand, like, hey, you've never seen her play before. And the guy's like, look, we're ready to give you $3 million right now, which is more money than we gave Jennifer Capriotti, who won the championship right off the bat, you know, like the best prodigy they'd ever seen at that point. And they're like, we're going to give you a million dollars more. And they're like, 
that's up to Venus. Like, that's not enough money. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> in some weird turnabout. I did like how they circled back to that at the end where oh, they yeah. say that she eventually signed a deal with Reebok. Yes. Nine months later yep. for a substantial increase in money, oh, yeah. by the way, for Wait. $12 million. Yeah. So good for them yeah. for holding the stick into their guns. But what a weird scene that was with Nike, right? The guy was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. He's like, why are we just doing this now? Yep. Well, I like how, how, how when they turn them down, and they go to, you know, he's like, you know, what are we doing here? You know, come on, this is it. What are we waiting for? And he's like, this is what, we, this is what you've been waiting for. And he, he goes, we're going to go something to eat. And his family comes in. He's like, he's like come on, guys. Berthold's buying. <laughs> he goes to walk in. It's like, oh, God. Because he's got to pay for all the food. And I, love, I love when he gets up. And he when he gets up, Richard's like, when the discussion's over, for Richard, the discussion's over. And he goes. He just gets up and leaves. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, he's like, come on. He's like. <laughs> Come on, Rick. I know you're hungry. Come on, come on, man. Let's go like, get one of them burgers. Yeah. <laughs> and then, especially, I, I love that. And then, like, as an as a extension, but it's, it's earlier in the movie is when Rick comes to the court to see them play, and when the when when, the, when those guys rock up and like, hey, who is this white boy? And then, oh yeah, he's yeah. like, no, he's he's with me. Yeah. Rick, yeah. Like, it's, he's it's just, okay, fellas. He's just he's just white. <laughs> he's like, and then and then like as as the scene's getting ready to transition to one an, to another, you hear Will Smith saying, "I can let you get shot, Rick." Damn, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Oh, I did like how the whole hood kind of like rallied around them after the stuff that you'd seen happen in the first one, how they become like uber protective yeah. and like respect what they're doing because listen, they're out there every day, rain or shine, running and gunning, man. And that that's great, you know, and they really did change how tennis is perceived after that. So yep. um you see that in the final scene too. Yep, which is but, nice. You know, you you get the the, the movie ultimately culminates with uh, you know her fight, you know, playing number one ranked tennis player in the world. Really comes out, gives her some real smoke right off the bat. Ends up losing that match, yep. which isn't really a spoiler if you know anything about tennis. Yeah. Um, but it really sets the tone for how her career will take off, and you know they do a great job, and. Then it kind of gets into a montage about how, you know, real shots of them and, you know, what happened after the after the movie. So um, overall, it's pretty solid flick. It is. So, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. So what about you, Grayson? What do you think of it? Oh, I, I, I love this movie. There's so much to love about it. And there everything we talked about and what I want to talk about was when he's when they're doing the when right right before and during the last match, when what a coward of a play that is by that one by the I forget who he's playing who she's playing at the time but she she she, she had she, to poop man I don't yeah, right? but, but she she iced um, Macy said no she's she's icing Venus she's mm-hmm. taking away her hot streak yep I mean that's it's dirty but it's it's legal yeah, it's well, legal well, I was gonna say you know who wins the match you know use what I mean? the rules to your advantage yeah you know, listen, I'm not trying to be a guy who said you probably didn't dick her over because she probably did maybe. Maybe she had to poop. I don't know. Well, Venus, as I did. You ever Venus, been in the middle of doing something? You were like, I got to poop real bad like last week, Chris? Yeah. I, I mean, allegedly that may have happened last week. I don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but behind the scenes here at the podcast. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> behind the curtain a little bit there. Pull back the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, so there have been things. Uh, the Venus sisters lately, because of the release of this movie, have not have been very vocal about. There's an article I saw. There was just pretty much interviews with the Venus sisters, and the article was called um, "The Match I Should Have Won." It was it was it was an interview with Venus Williams of what happened. It was she she breaks it down into layman's terms for people who aren't you know who don't follow tennis and know the rules, and 
she, 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 she breaks it down and explains exactly what happened, what was going through her head and how she was able to successfully allow herself to be defeated by, by getting in her own head. Sure. And that's yeah. pretty ballsy to do years and years later, two decades later, after the, you know what I mean? After the fact, you have to be pretty sure of yourself. That you could have won that match. If you're going to, if you're going to say, if you're going to come out with an article years and years later about that, I just thought that was interesting though, that, that people like, they still think about that match. <laughs> the, the two, the two sisters, Venus and Serena are very interesting, uh, outspoken people too. So if you really want to learn about them, there's plenty of that stuff out there. Yeah. So. Yeah, of course. That's, and it really did change tennis. They, I mean, not only for like the U.S. but for the world. The they, world. They yeah. changed yep. the world tennis scene, and that's it's always a great thing. This so let's just, I guess we can move to score. Um, well, hold on. Can we do one more thing first? Of course, yes. Is there anything you guys didn't like about this? There's we not a whole lot I didn't like. I most things I I it, I think it was a tad too long. There was a time I looked at my watch I'm like, wow, how is there still? It's two twenty-five. Like, how yeah. is there? Like, how are we still not done with this movie? It's already been yeah. over two and a half hours. The length would be the only I'd pick at too. I think the um the movie just works. It's one of those things where I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, and it just freaking works. I I didn't mind watching the. Isn't movie. it weird when a movie happens like that where you're like, I shouldn't really like yeah. this, but I do. Well, these movies usually aren't my thing. You mm-hmm. know, not really. But I uh, I watched it with with my wife, and even she said it. I like I like this way more than I thought I would. It does feel long, though. The beginning, the first half feels much longer than the second half, for sure. But it does take a little bit long. Other than that, no. I thought the character, you know, all the characterizations were good. I think the acting's great in this movie. You know, there's multiple great performances. You know, you got a good cast. This this movie does well. So can I can I pose one question? Of course. What if I think it wasn't long enough? And I don't mean that. I don't mean that it's too long. I think the last 20 minutes should have been further down the line of what happened after that first match instead of just the hard out, here's what happened. Yeah. You know, like if we had 20 minutes. like Maybe cut some time somewhere else and yes. get some more time after the match. Yes. No, yeah, I wish I there was a little bit more after that yeah. and a little less in the up little, front. A little less early tennis court, a little less early early junior matches, sure. you know, things like that. Maybe. Yep. One or two, like fifteen less seconds per tennis match. Yeah, you, you, you could. You add some if we cut twenty and added twenty somewhere else, we could have made. I, th- I think for me personally, I would have liked a little bit farther down that line. I agree with that, but I don't really have much bad to say about this movie. Besides, I think he's a psycho. <laughs> I think he is a psycho. Well, I don't. But I mean, how? I, I wonder how many fathers would fall into that category when it comes to their kids and what they have. A lot when kids. it comes to sports. That's what I'm saying, though. Is like, I mean, he may be crazy, sports. but I mean, like. He had a definite plan, and to almost it said, didn't the movie say Richard's plan worked almost to a T, except for a few things that had to be had to be like a different way to approach some yep. things. Yep, yep. So like, I I got to appreciate that. Maybe and, he's crazy because he's clairvoyant. <laughs> you know who appreciates that? Venus and Serena Williams appreciate his plan. I'm sure the whole family appreciates it. Yeah, I'm sure you that you know. Sure. That's it's, it's yeah. really, but. One of the things I love most about this movie is I had to keep reminding myself this wasn't a story about the Venus sisters. It's a story about King Richard. Yes. And I – or not, it's not the, the Williams sisters. Sorry, Venus and Serena. I, I re- because – let me – okay, here's a question I want to ask you guys. Let's just say it wasn't Will Smith who wanted to do this. Does the story get slanted a different way if it's not someone as strong as Will Smith? I don't think you could slant the story anyway, but do I think the performance would have been as good? Probably not. What if it was Denzel? Oh, Denzel could have done it. What if he had killed that guy? In the <laughs> 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 I 
Everyone you know, everyone you love. Gives <laughs> him the, uh, the, the man on fire. Uh, yeah. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that movie better. Great tennis dad. <laughs> Kills the everyone, tennis ball. That, everyone looked at it wrong. Everyone yeah. looked at it wrong. Beats him to death with a racket. <laughs> he, <laughs> he did hit that guy pretty hard with a racket, and then they yeah, that would probably suck bad. Here's the thing: is like I, I also back to that scene. I also think they would have just killed him. Well, I mean, you don't know. I, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's, it's, so it's, it's 80s Compton, California. I, I don't. I mean, I feel like that was a probably big enough transgression that guy would have just pulled the trigger. And, I mean. But still, he did have a gun in his face, and and, and that is moment defining in its own way, I guess. So yeah, I don't wonder. Forget, well, don't forget those those kid those kids are always giving him shit. So if he ends up dead at the court, now you're gonna know. Yeah, people are gonna know who did that. I mean, what? How else would you react if some kid told you he's gonna come to your house and run a train on your daughter? I mean, what yeah, father? No, wouldn't he did react? the right thing. Yeah, you know, hundred percent. What father wouldn't react? And I listen, like I fully respect when he comes back. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't say I disagreed with his tactics. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. I'm not above any of that. Roger was there for it. <laughs> I was waiting. Yeah. There's so much in this movie to like, and it focuses a lot of it on Will Smith. And what I wanted to talk about the last match was watching him pace back and forth in the what do you what do you call that like uh, the the, the just tunnel, in a hallway like in the yeah. in a in, tunnel in like the Civic Center tunnel whatever that yeah. I thought was impressive in its own way because even when we weren't seeing the game you feel you feel his anxiety well you yeah. feel his anxiety and but you're still hearing the like you're still hearing the ball back and mm-hmm. being whatever they call that what's the technical term for tennis being served back and forth you the still volley? hear it and tennis. Yeah, volley. volleying i think you're, you're right is you still like you're seeing it on his face and like i think that's kind of an impressive that was kind of a cool thing that i didn't think we'd get but we got now now i'm going to expect that more in sports movies not that we haven't had it before, but it was well, done with such effect that I like. Well, so I, I mean, we're getting a couple sports movies soon. You know, we're going to get one, a couple of them that revolve around football, and fake football looks terrible. Yes, it does. So I hope it looks good. <laughs> fake football. I listen. I I think in a movie that has football, football almost always looks terrible. Football. I saw this one. I saw this one tweet. I saw this one tweet recently that said that someone just got done animating a per animating a real person, and when. Nine out of ten people were asked. People thought it was real, and it was an animated person. Good. So it looks so real. I wonder how long it's going to be before they, before like NFL two K thirty is, is is the simulation for the movie you're watching. You <laughs> seen Madden so lately? It's true. It, right. great. <laughs> it looks great. This is a good movie. King Richard is a pretty excellent movie. Um, I before I went into it, I I guess I was expecting to walk away like, yep. This movie's taken everything. I wanted to. I believe in Will Smith. I just don't think it was that movie, though. No, I think it's a very. Oh, so I, guess, I mean, might as well just go right into scoring, right? Yeah. So we can just. I'll, I'll lead off if you guys don't mind. Yeah. I know Grayson just kind of said his thing, but you know, I'll lead off. I knew you were super pumped up, thinking this is going to be like massive Oscar bait for uh, Will Smith. I, I just don't think it's got that kind of movie behind it. That being said, I think this movie is very, very good. Um, like. I don't. The thing with this though is I don't know if I'll sit down and watch this anytime soon. I will watch it again, but it'll be a while, like one of those kind of things. But I mean, this movie's like an eight. Uh, it 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 hits checks all the boxes for what should be good and how you should like it. And I mean, he's a psycho, and you un- <laughs> and you understand why by the end of it, which is I guess all that matters. Yeah. So and it works. Yeah. Yep. Um, this movie just does everything the right way it's supposed to 
I watched this movie and I didn't and I didn't want to stop watching it. Like I don't like this kind of movie. It pulled me right in. The performances are stellar. The cast is great. You know, it it does a hell of a mustache. It's <laughs> some good mustaches in this movie. Strong. But I don't know. This movie is good and it's not even my thing. I am agree with you. I think this movie is an eight. You know, personally, you know, it's not my thing. I watched the whole damn thing and wasn't wasn't upset about it. And you gave it an eight. I gave it an eight. So it's kind of your thing. It's no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can recognize a good movie and score high and still not not be my thing. That's where I'm at. But that's what you got to tell yourself. Good goddamn movie. It really it really <laughs> was. It, it was enthralling. I'm coming in at an eight as well. I wanted Ooh. to come. I wanted to come in and I when I went into this, I was I was hoping for a nine. But uh, it's a very, I mean, look, an eight is not a bad score by any no. means. It's, it's a very capable number. I, I this is this is a, this is a damn this is a damn solid movie. Uh, yep. I, and I think if you don't watch this, it's available in the theater, which of course I think is the better viewing experience because of the sound, especially in this one, the sound. But also, it's, I mean, if you watch it at home, there's not there there's then watch it at home, but you need to watch it somewhere because this movie is going to be talked about in Oscar season, and you might as well know the conversation. I mean, it's Will Smith. You know, this is why when people when, when I'm like, it's Will Smith. They're like, eh, I don't really, you know, it's not really my thing. It's like, if Will Smith isn't your thing, then movies just pure and simple aren't your thing. Do you I mean, not like fun, sir? I mean, Will Smith is is as noticeable and recognizable, and has had and had had as many roles around the around like the the the, the genre wheel as anyone ever has. So I mean, I just. I don't know. Someone said that to me. Yeah. I said, "Oh, but it's Will Smith. You're not going to." They're like, mm, "I don't really, I don't really care for Will Smith." I'm like, "Okay, well, I don't know how you arrive at that, but you do, you man. You go ahead and you go home and watch Netflix." You guys ever played tennis? No, but I want to. I think it's I did in camp when I was like it's five. Hard as shit. I don't know that at all. Yeah, but it's a damn good. Sucks. <laughs> I like the adult drunk version of Where tennis. You just hit the ball really hard on somebody else. Called badminton. So mm. yeah. I do play racquetball. I like racquetball. So that's, that's not tennis. Not uh, I understand. It's the whitest thing you've ever said, Grayson. I know. Thank you. All right. Let's talk I'm surprised about. surprised you don't know how to play tennis. <laughs> Why? Why? He oozes tennis guy. All right. Fine. Whatever. There's a lot of sweater right. vests in his closet. <laughs> there is. There's, there's a ton. All right. I know there are. <laughs> let's transition. What do you think I was joking about? The other theatrical release of the week. Very excited to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. With a tomato meter of not quite as high as King Richard, sixty-three percent, which is still, yeah. but still not terrible. Right. And then the audience score, ninety-five. That's high. right. Pretty high for that. Now let's get into the particulars. Oh, I'm talking about this movie first, so do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I mean, are you as excited? Oh, fine, I'm going I'm, now. No, stop! Stop! No, stop! <laughs> Gee, Louise. All right. Directed by it's it's a. Uh, Directed by Jason Wright, Jason Reitman, who is um, Ivan Reitman's son. He's Ivan Reitman's son. So there's Reitman in the driver's seat. Finn Wolford is Trevor. McKenna Grace is Phoebe. Paul Rudd is Mr. Groverson. Carrie Coon is Callie. Sigourney Weaver only makes an appearance, you know, very quickly as um, and credits. Dan, Good for Dan her. Barrett. Bill Murray, of course. Peter Bankman. Dan Aykroyd as Stance. Ernie Hudson. Winston Zedmore. Um, Annie Potts. I love Annie Potts, by the way. Janine Melnitz. Um, and let's do and Josh Gad is the voice of Muncher. I had to I don't think Really? He, yeah, I, I I wouldn't I had to look that up. I had no idea. Huh. All right. All right. Cool. Roger, why don't you start us off? I think right. I, I want to say I think I'm gonna regret this, but go ahead and start us off, Roger. Good. So this is Ghostbusters. I've been waiting for this movie since I don't know, nineteen eighty nine. 
I, they gave me some bastardized version in 2016, which, call what you want, it's, it is what it is, it's fine. It ain't Ghostbusters. No, it's not. But, they gave me this, and I'm very happy. You know, um, this movie, at its core, is a continuation of the original timeline of Ghostbusters. Um, this is a sequel, slash reboot, um, of it, and it definitely picks up, it picks up heavy off the story of Ghostbusters 1, with references to Ghostbusters 2 in there, um, with the main villain still being Gozer, who is the ultimate demigod, ghost, whatever, from the first one. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think we get a pretty good movie here that breaks down what's happened in, I don't know, 30 plus years. Ghosts aren't really a thing anymore. That's kind of dried up. And, you know, Egon lives out in the, he's the dirt farmer. <laughs> lives out in Somerville, Oklahoma, which looks like a shithole. I hate Oklahoma. <laughs> um, I've through there a couple times, nothing great. And, um, you know, he, the movie starts off, like, with this crazy sequence of, like, an open quarry mine shaft and a, a, um, you know, a proton pack beam being shot up through the sky and the trap pulling something down yep. and then a truck flying out of a <laughs> flying down a dirt road across the bridge to get uh, to get knocked out. And with all this big plan to trap somebody and that just doesn't come to fruition. This movie, and, this movie has a slow start, right? Yeah, yeah. real <laughs> slow. <laughs> and, um, you know, Egon's trying to stop something from happening. And hold on, hold on, hold on. That's supposed to be a mystery who that guy is. I is just, it? I think so. Not, not, not that it's. I mean, you figure it out pretty quick with by process of elimination of who they're talking about. I mean, in the one Ghostbuster in real life that's dead is obviously Egon. So yeah, former hero yeah. Ramus. Yes. If you've seen the trailer, you know it's Egon. It's Egon, hundred um, percent. I knew that. And you know, he ends up untimely. Things happen to Egon, and then the movie picks up with our fresh young cast. Yes, so. It ends up that, you know, they got to go out and clean up Egon's affairs out there in yep. Somerville. And they yeah. find this shithole that he was living in. and got to bust some ghosts. Yep. Dirt farmer, they call him. Yeah, everybody calls him the dirt farmer. <laughs> you know, he ain't got no money. He's got all kinds of cool electronics in that yeah, basement, right. though, right? And a fire pole. How do they get up from the fire pole? Listen, it doesn't... <laughs> Sometimes I was going to ask questions. That's like one. That's that's one of the questions. That's one of the. I understand how they got up in the firehouse. They took the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the somewhere that's, else down here. Okay, that's, that's one of the twenty questions I have for you. Is how did you get back up the pole after you? There's stairs someplace. That, yeah, I mean, or a ladder, this, sure, something. But you know, we we meet Phoebe, and um, you know, she's this is her movie, right? Yes. Yeah, everybody else is supporting in this. We meet Gary Gruberson, which is the worst name in the world. Um, we meet Podcast, who has a podcast. I hate that his name is Podcast, but other I actually podcast. don't hate that. I actually kind of really. I think that. it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I like that actually. Uh, what's Finn's name in this movie? What's the older brother's Trevor. name? Trevor. Trevor. Um, and Mom, who's not really having a great time in life. I love when I love when Trevor's like, "Aren't you supposed to sacrifice everything for your kids?" And she's like, ah, "Yeah, right." <laughs> <laughs> Which is a real parent thing oh, to yeah. say to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they end up in Somerville. Somerville sucks. They don't have any money. 
you know, they're in the middle of summer. Phoebe's a nerdy kid, doesn't have many friends. So they send her some, like, summer school camp thing taught by Paul Rudd's character, Gary, who is the greatest summer school teacher yeah. ever. Yeah, who just cool as hell. Yeah, the first time he rolls in a movie, he's like, because you got to watch VHS, or they're watching Cujo yeah. on VHS. <laughs> he said, Hilarious. he said, hold on, he said, imagine Beethoven, but then imagine he's rabid and butchering kids. <laughs> <laughs> yep, great. But the here, okay, well, that's one of the, that's, I mean, pretty early on in the movie, that's one of the first, like, forced weird interactions of McKenna Grace's Phoebe and him. Is Well, there's... yeah, she, she gets bored of watching this terrible movie for kids. And, you know, she ends up back and talking to me, find out that Gary's not really a teacher. He's actually a seismologist. And he's trying to figure out why Somerville, Oklahoma is having earthquakes on the daily, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which is, that's all in the trailer anyway, oh, yeah. you know, try to find out why it's shaking. And we find out that Phoebe's really, really smart. When oh, she, God, I love yeah. when she's just like, yeah, it's a seismograph. How do you know that? It's like, cause it's a seismograph. <laughs> <laughs> her, her dry answers are, are actually almost endearing in this movie. Cause it happens a lot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I also love that she has these terrible one-liner jokes oh. and no, many Many terrible jokes. They're so bad, oh, and God, some of yeah. them are so hilarious. Listen, I had a boss who had to, all he did was tell dad jokes, and I hated him for it. And I it just brought back my PTSD for that. But it it's funnier bad. when it's a nerdy twelve year old, is it? <laughs> well, but it, it, at it, one it, point it, she's busting up one liners to Gozer. Yeah, I know she is. And you would think that that would be a terrible scene, but it's not. But it, it, we'll it, get to that later. It also helps when she says a one liner to. Um, what what's Paul Rudd's character's name? Gary, Gary Gruber. Yeah, yeah, you just said. How do you forget Gary, that, Gary? <laughs> and he's like, "Well, that was a that was a geography joke. That's great." And she's like, "I know. Hence the wing. No. <laughs> <laughs> hence so the wing. Yeah, she really is. Um, that's what that's one of the first like forced interactions that I didn't like um, because it's just it's 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 exposition that I don't think would naturally occur that way. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, in the realm of this movie. I think it fits this just fine. Had, this movie and, 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 also, and, and, and also what he says, there's, there's a town with no fault lines anywhere close to it, no volcano, no nothing, no activity whatsoever, no, no scientific explanation for why it's shaking. There'd be people everywhere to find out why it was shaking like that. There would be, she goes, fracking. There's no fracking here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the thing. But like, again, there would be, be 6,000 seismologists there daily trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Not just, so, yes, I do. That would make national news. Nah, there was I, an earthquake in Ohio like three weeks ago. Nobody gave a shit. <laughs> really? There was really an earthquake? That's pretty it cool. It happens here. California's going to break off from the United States. And everyone's going to go, huh, <laughs> move on. They've, <laughs> only, they've only said that for 200 years. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Um, but I mean, and, and that leads us into, you know, the next day, or, you know, Phoebe gets home and. She's got a chess board there, and there's a PKE meter that she found, which is that's the thing that like points you in the yeah. direction of ghosts are around and things like that. And it starts going off, and all of a sudden her chess board flips over, and you know she resets it and moves a piece. She wakes up the next morning, another piece is moved. Yep. It leads us into her basically being led into Egon's workshop, yeah, and. You know, learns a lot about her, about her, you know, is her, uh, about Egon himself that she didn't know. Like her mom never told her yeah. any of these things. And it might just be because she didn't know either. 
That's that's possible. Which yeah, yeah I mean, I don't want to put that out of because you get a lot of perspective in that in the end, right? And you know, she fixes a proton pack and she takes it, finds a trap hidden in the house and takes it to school and. You know, they pop this trap open and holy shit, you bet you didn't want that to happen. But also, also now that you've kind of started that kind of dialogue, there's, there's a lot of – that happens in this movie where like it's undeniable that that is actual Ghostbuster equipment and mm-hmm. no one seems to care. No one seems to like – I mean, listen, well, one person cares. Gary cares because Gary's old enough to remember – like that stuff, yeah. You know, like, you remember the stuff in 1984? Yep. But like, do we? So okay, okay. So do we know why? Do we know why the mother hid the identity of her father as one of the Ghostbusters from her children? Outside of the fact that she was mad that he left her, I don't know. And that's one of the issues I have with this movie because at about the halfway point of this movie, I looked over at my wife and go, "What is their last name?" Because uh-huh. guess what? It, but you knew what it was. Like, no, you didn't. Because their last name does not have to be Spangler. No, it doesn't have to be Spangler, but that's why they never gave them a last name. Well, I, I, I get that, but they could have had a different last name. You well, know what I mean? I mean, some kids, if, if a divorce happens, they, they still keep the dad's name. That's I, what I mean, right? I get that. I, I, I understand that. Yeah, that, I never understood why they made this some sort of weird secret. And it's okay, because you find out that and that's Egon's family. Yeah. Like, they don't disguise any of that, but it, it's like, they never said what their real last name is. Yeah. Her name's just Phoebe. His name's just Trevor. <laughs> they don't have last names in Oklahoma. Is I mean, that a thing? That's the thing. So it's like they're, like, they're in that school setting. They could easily give you the last name, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like it's like, well, there's no way to say, you know, you can't say their last name because it doesn't fit, like, any dialogue. She's in school. Phoebe, Phoebe Stevens. Yeah, like done. that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, roll call done. Hey, that's know? me. Yep. I welcome Phoebe. It's first day at school. And everyone has her last name. <laughs> <laughs> well, Finn, Finn is well. Trevor is able to get a job without a last name and a correct age. <laughs> oh yeah, he just fills out a paper application and just puts a fake name. And is working there. I don't know. Seven minutes later. Yep. Cleaning shit off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but that's. I mean, there's so many like that's. So okay, let's just give me five. Just give me three minutes here. So, it, champ. Ghostbusters '84, huge hit, massive hit. People love massive it. cult following. Massive too. cult following. Even like the theme song was on MTV for a long time. Even the video. Very record. One of the most recognizable songs of all time. Yeah. Too. I mean, Ghostbusters is huge. There's been toys for decades. Still are. You know, there there was a, there was a cartoon that went on for a long time. I remember watching that when I was a kid. I have an Ecto One Christmas ornament. Do you? I mean. I do. Everyone knows what the Ecto One is. Everyone knows what the pla- the photon blasters and the and the the trap. I mean, photon packs, sir. Those are very iconic things in like toy memorabilia and like what like uh, uh, American what what's the iconography Americanography of the I forget the word for that, but the, the Ghostbusters are very recognizable. And then the sequel came in '89. Well, actually, going back to the first one, like the Stay Plus, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, the the Peter Venkman, the Bill Murray who plays Venkman, who's his comedy's like it's perfect for that role, and it, like the weird push and pull of everyone just kind of accepts what the Ghostbusters do is fighting ghosts, even though they they have these proton packs that if they exploded on their back would take out half of New York. I mean, it's given a I'm wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator <laughs> on my back. That's what that's what they say even. And the, I love know, when they turn on the elevator in the second one and they just scoot to the other side of the. Other. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is, so the first one works because I think I think largely because of the cast. That same script with with people who weren't known in the cast would have been disastrous. 
there wouldn't have been sure. a, there wouldn't have been a sequel. That would have been the end of the Ghostbusters film franchise forever. Period. We'd never talk about it again. The sequel came years later. Um, we have the same kind of push and pull with Bill Murray and the rest of the cast. All four Ghostbusters still alive. Um, Ernie, Ernie Hudson joined the squad in the first one. He's in the second one. You know, things aren't great for the Ghostbusters. Even though they saved the day in the first one, people still call them crooks or crooks and spooks and, you know, what, whatever the thing is for fraud. Fraud, you know, all that. Like, even though they literally took care of a ghost problem at the height of New York. They stopped an interdimensional takeover. Yeah, it's like, what is that? Nobody believes it. Yeah, that's the thing. And then, so they're, they're back to square one in the, in the beginning. You know, Which is exactly what's going to happen. We actually discover aliens, by and, the way. I just want, just want to throw that out there. And, you know, Venkman and Sigourney Weaver's character are, they're on again, off again. They have a flirty moments. They don't. She has a kid with someone else. He, he makes jokes of it. It just works, you know. Those two movies, they just work. Fast forward, a couple of decades, 2016, we get a Ghostbusters movie that does away with all the original cast members, replaces like them. Like it never happened. Like, it, like, it, like well, they're in it. They have, they have cameos, but they never. Yeah, but they don't play themselves. No, they, they don't acknowledge their role. I think what Ackerwood's a cab driver, isn't he? Like an ordinary mm-hmm. cab driver. Yep. And so they never really acknowledge anything about them in, the, in that one. And then Chris Hemsworth's in it. And, you know, there's, it's an all female lead. Chris Hemsworth and, is the best part of that movie. And it, it just doesn't work. People don't like it. And so we get this movie, which. Also intended to be a what one of those thirty year sequels slash reboot. The Ghostbusters in twenty sixteen was obviously meant to be a reboot and a fresh start for the franchise. But I mean, surprise, surprise, went nowhere. Um, you, I mean, you take out those, you, you you take out the cast members of Ghostbusters, you really don't have Ghostbusters anymore, do you? Without I mean, Bill Murray, without point. well. <laughs> In this movie, like you get an appearance from everybody that it's alive, even minus one, Rick even, Moranis, even one who's <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah, and you know, if they hadn't made an appearance in this movie, it'd have been fine. I probably would have been okay with yeah. it. Or even if they did a small cameo, like the part where you first meet Ray in this movie, if that was the only time we saw Ray, spoiler. I would be okay no, with that. No, they they had to come like there's well, there's no, no well, way. There's no way this movie was gonna end without them coming hold, back. Hold on. But if they didn't, it's still the story could have been okay. Yeah. Right? They obviously catered the you know, made this story so it it fills the fan dream. Yes. And you know, normally I say never cater the fans and never ask them anything. This is a fan service movie, but it's one that's done right. Yes. That's you know what I'm saying is it it does a lot right. It's the, the fan service is done right. For example, when they go to when when they go to jail for driving the Ecto one through town. Yes. And that look, I have a dozen questions based just on that three minute scene where they're driving around town shooting the one of the, the, the proton packs and just no one seems to be seeing what they're doing. No one's. I mean, there's ghosts everywhere. No. What are people doing in this town? Is anyone? And no one pulled out? out their cell phone and did <laughs> yeah. the video. Right? Yeah, and they're just shooting the thing. I got just, the wildest TikTok video ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just driving around shooting a proton pack out the window like it's nothing. Uh, and and then they go end up in jail and he she gets one the, the girl gets one phone call and then the cop says, Who are you gonna call? And like, come on, I clapped at that moment. How do you not love that moment? I rolled my eyes. No, of course, yeah. <laughs> As the person who was super pumped for this movie, I went, Ugh. No, really? <laughs> no, Grace is like no, no, hold, 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 hold on. Really, you really rolled your eyes at that moment? Yes, yes I did. 100%. I did not. I was. I. I loved it. A, 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 along with, in in the end, when the when Gozer asks him, "Are you gods?" 
echoing back to the first movie when he says yeah. no in the first movie. I yeah, said, yeah. yes, you're gods. And like everyone looked at me, but like, I love that. I love oh, it. Yeah. And then he immediately goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all <laughs> gods here. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that I love. I mean, I love the – I mean, okay, let me ask you this. Wolford finds the – or Trevor finds the Ecto-1 in the barn. Yep. He spends what? It looks to be a few afternoons kind of fixing it up, changing spark plug, whatnot. And then all of a sudden it works, and the gas has been in there for 20-plus years. It's just – it's like it's like those those Mercedes in Red Notice. They've just been sitting there for ninety years, pumping up, having fast speed. Well, listen, at game. least in this movie, it is somebody actually had done some repair. Yeah. So maybe maybe he got a gallon of gas, siphoned out the other. So he just didn't. That's off screen. Yeah. You know. But in movies, you saw him wrenching on it at least. Yeah, but in movies, if you don't see it happen, it just doesn't happen. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. <laughs> it is, unless it's somehow referred to. You know, you'll, you'll I mean, know I didn't see the Ghostbusters get there, but I assume that they took an airplane. From <laughs> <laughs> the home office. Yeah, Peter Bankman from the home office. Well, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but I just, I love the fan service in this. I think that so, was phenomenal. So let's talk about the nostalgia, the fan service for just an actual like second. Out of, you know, we mentioned what the Rotten Tomatoes score was like 63% for the critic score. Yeah. So when you look at those reviews, the trend I see is all the negative Rotten Tomatoes scores and all the negative reviews I see everywhere. It's always about this, like the harping on the nostalgia. It's never because the acting's bad. It's never because of anything else. The length of the movie, so I see again, but it's always, it's almost always, you know, this is catering to the, you know, to to the old fans. This is nostalgia at its worst. That kind of thing. That's the only thing that like is really the big pushback on this. And I think I agree with Roger's earlier statement that, that in this, like they do it right in this. There's a way to do it cheaply mm-hmm. where it's unearned, but they do it like, like I'm not a big Ghostbusters guy. I got some of the references. I didn't get all of them, you know, and I'll stand by the fact that if you took away the, if, if the Ghostbusters don't show up at the end of this movie, the movie's fine. It does everything. I think it could have been fine. Sure. Yeah. The ending scene is going to be a little different, whatever they'll find a way, quote unquote, but the movie's fine. You know, yep. it's, it's still the same great movie, not as big on the nostalgia factor, don't get me wrong, but they do a fine job with it. I have, I have, really I have counterpoints that I think we should discuss a little bit later, only because it's it's, it's kind of at the end, of the end of the discussion when it involves them. I but get you, yeah. I, I have counterpoints to what you just said. I think what you said are valid points. I yeah. just personally have Grayson gushes at movies counterpoints. No, and, and listen, there's nothing wrong with, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the fact that, that they show up. There's nothing wrong with the fact that they played that hard into the into the nostalgia because they did a good job with it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, the, I think the point Chris is making, when you go in for fan service and you go for nostalgia, if you do it right, it can be yeah. great. If you do it wrong, it's a disaster. It can be. And there's a lot of people harping on this movie negatively just because there's fan service slash nostalgia being used. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. The fact that it's in there is why people are, are bashing this movie. Well, you can never yeah, anyway. I mean, you can never please people. I mean, you can never please everyone. And that, that well, no, please never is one thing. But we have a 60, like a 60-some percent to a 95% split on this. And, you know, when we just talked about so, yeah, All the people are like, you shouldn't do the fan service. You shouldn't do the fan service. The fans are like, yay, fans, you did the fan service. The fans are like, I love the fan service. Yeah. Like, like, as long as it fits the story, yeah, that's why I have an issue. Fine. Yeah. Uh, I agree, but I mean, just remember, I'm the guy that says, I don't care what the fans want. You don't get to write the story. <laughs> like, this is such a dichotomy for me to say that. Yep. Because, listen, most of the time, we don't matter. It's like Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, it's like, most, <laughs> most of the damn. time, our fans, like, what we want of a movie should never matter. 
But when you can make it and do it the way that they do it in this movie, where almost all of it works just fine, mm-hmm. people will love it. Yeah. And they do. They give it the proper respect, too. Which yeah. Is nice. They don't overdo it. They don't underdo it. Mm-hmm. It, it works. Yes. All right. Back to the movie, right? Okay. Yeah. Back to the so, movie. One thing I want to, one thing, Chris, you talked about people are harping on this for, one thing I want to talk about is people are, everyone's saying that, well, okay, not everyone. People have had conversations where they're saying, why are people still talking about what they did decades ago in Manhattan? I, I put myself in this, in their point of view. And if I heard about people doing Vanquishing Ghosts in front of New York, in front of tens of thousands of people, whatever cameras are rolling at the time. I don't think that's something that people would ever stop talking about. The incident in Manhattan. We still, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, we still talk about disasters happening to us. You know, like in, but, in, but in, in, in 2021, we still have people that think that COVID isn't real. That's okay. <laughs> Listen, I just want to put things in real perspective in here. In 2021, we still have people that don't think 9-11 happened. Or, or, or it's flat. <laughs> <laughs> So, or that, yeah, or that the yeah. whole, you know, the whole, you know, the yeah. So I, I mean, I think um, it's fine. Genocide we're talking about it. it yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah, we have Holocaust deniers. <laughs> so listen, they forgot about the ghosts. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking morons. So okay, let's talk about Phoebe and Trevor in this world. How Phoebe rules. Yeah. Phoebe's okay, awesome. first of all, McKenna Grace is one of the finest young female performers in the business right now. Yes, she is wonderful. If you haven't seen a little movie called Saved, with what was it Saved? No. With, with her and Chris Hemsworth, that wasn't saved. It's not Hemsworth either. I'm not, yeah. Sorry, Chris, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. What's the can you look up that movie? But that's gotcha. a damn good movie. Yes, but also, was. so she is kind of out of her element here. She doesn't have any friends. She's a gifted. science nerd. Gifted. gifted. That's okay. Gifted. Saves it with Macaulay Culkin and Mandy Moore. Okay. So she is out of her element here. She has no friends here. She already has trouble making friends. She's a science nerd. There was, she's already in a place where the high school is very limited with science stuff and. You know, and then all these things start happening, and I don't know how the movie like this doesn't make a bigger deal about a character who's into science. By the way, do we ever approach the thing where? But didn't someone ask her about science versus faith, or, or in some weird way, she says, "No, I'm a scientist." Mm, I think someone, that makes sense, though. But like, she never, like, she never questions anything that's happening to her as far as like the chessboard going down in Egon's lab, and then like the light moving with her, and you know, like things happening to like it couldn't be anyone else but egon's ghost doing any of those things yeah and so so her character kind of at times rings false to me because of that because she's a scientist and believes wholeheartedly in in data and you know hypothesis and um what do you um results then none of that would make sense to her that, well, that would be so did. that would be so foreign to her though. That's the until thing. until you hook a trap up to a uh, a school bus and a fucking terror dog pops out of it, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I don't have data for this anymore. You, I mean, you can you can believe in science and still believe in ghosts. I believe. So you know I mean? does this happen in real world? Because it happens it, in the Ghostbusters universe. Well, but I'm saying in in '84 and '89 that was in that was in our world. Like that's 100 percent set in our world. Just a little Split the timeline. weird things. But and this one, after that happened, neither one of them were like, oh my gosh, this is the most important discovery of mankind. They're like, I'm going to go because I'm going to, I'm an adult. I'm going to get in trouble for this. And then of course, you, you love how he's driving home and he's picking glasses, glass shards out of the windshield. I think if you want to get do a debate of the realism continuity of the Ghostbusters movie, we can do that. I just don't think that, that the movie cares. 
and the movie doesn't care, it it's, doesn't matter. It's real enough in the Ghostbusters universe. Well, hold on, hold on. But, really if the, but if the movie doesn't care, that's a mark in the con column. That's not a mark in the pro column. Why? Because in the, in the work of fiction about ghosts that and people that giant wear giant laser beams on their back that catch ghosts, realism is out the window. Oh, fine, I get it, but there's some level of ground into this. Well, hold on. The movie it does have a lot of gro- grounding to it, though, and it has enough to where it feels like it feels like it's in our world. When I know happenstance says otherwise, it's actually the Ghostbusters. I'm not making a good argument of this in, on my, from my perspective. <laughs> I'm not. I, I guess, but I think you know what I'm saying, though. Is no, no. I, I, know, I know. I know you were trying to go with you it. want it to be sort of grounded in reality, and it isn't necessarily grounded in reality. But in this case, for the world that they live in, where there have been ghost things in the past, this flows right down that timeline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's, like, that's fair. That's what I, I did I, think. I is guess, I guess my one like I guess my one argument to you is is that is that is that you want to put it in in like the movie's con column, where I don't think it's a con unless the movie is like hyper trying to sell realism and all this kind of stuff with a, in, in its ghost movie. But it's not. This movie just. One of the things this movie does really well that I appreciate is they're just having fun with it. You know, like you can you can tell like the care that was put into this movie, sure, and what they wanted it to be. Well, well, one guy really because you know who you know the reason why this movie is being made. But like it's it's just a fun movie, and that's all they're trying to do. Well, let me ask. Okay, well let me let me ask you this: Why yeah. was there there was no green slimer in this movie, but we did kind of have a weird blue slimer? It's fine. Yeah. So did he take the place of Green Slimer? Sure. For now, maybe, you know, but like, I don't know. Slimer is iconic to Ghostbusters, yes. But at the same time, Slimer isn't necessary to have a Ghostbusters movie. Okay, I'm fair, surprised fair. we didn't get Slimer. I, and I am too. Again, he's iconic to the whole Ghostbusters yes. thing. There might be rights issues with that, though, too. Yeah. You know, know, somewhere down the line, they're like, hey, you know, hey, I'm going to make this Ghostbusters movie. They start doing it, and they're like, hey, by the way, you can't use Slimer. Why? Well, because of this. Well, we don't know in Slimer yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like, like was that, Slimer that can... in the 2016 version? I've only seen that twice. No, I don't no. think so. Which is why we may, may have got a weird almost blue Slimer. You know what I mean? Muncher. Yeah. Muncher, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Muncher, yeah, yeah. That's... Yeah. So it, it's that could be a rights thing, you know? Yeah, sure or... it could be. Yeah, or maybe they were like, well, no Slimers in New well, York. Maybe I mean, it doesn't make sense for well, Slimer to be here. The other thing is, too, is, you know, you don't always have to go to the well for fan service. True. If you do it right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because, listen, this movie is no better or no worse with no Slimer. True. I mean, that's true. That is, I mean, that's, it, well, that's the point. Yeah. That's the truest point. Yeah. It doesn't matter that he's not there. You don't care. I'm willing to bet. I'm willing You're to just bet. surprised you didn't see him. I'm willing to bet that they couldn't use him for whatever reason. I, I, I like that's the only thing that, that would make sense in my brain because they do pull out a lot of the nostalgia heartstrings on this and they earn it. But it's one of those things where it's like, well, why, it, like, you know, why wouldn't it be there? It's, it's just there's got to be a reason. Well, for well it. let's 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 skip ahead a little bit then and go to so. Let's talk about when they're exploring the sweet haunted cave. Yeah, right. This, cool this shit, terrifying right? mind. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, the whole thing he had set up was cool, too. So uh, that's actually what I want to talk about, because yeah. that's, I think, the coolest scene in the movie besides the end. Mm-hmm. So they end up exploring this cave once the terror dog gets out of the, uh, um, excuse me, out of the trap. They end up going to this cave with uh, Trevor and Lucky, Trevor's lady, whatever, um podcast and phoebe they all end up in this mine 
and they're like an earthquake starts to happen because they find like this they call what a death well or spirit well Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the ground starts to shake and these spirits start to come up through this well it looks really creepy Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden five proton packs light up at the same time and blast this laser fire into this pit and push it back (laughs) down and it's fucking awesome big note (laughs) you just hear <laughs> blast them back down into the hole. Well, to to the point when 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 you hear that, I even wondered, okay, who's standing behind them with the proton pack? Who is that? Yeah, and then you find it's yeah. they're just wall mounted yep. proton packs. That Egon is crazy and <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. Is like the whole Egon thing. Once you like, you have to. This story predicates on the fact that you like you committed to Egon in the story. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you guys, I think were less okay with it than I was. I actually really love the fact that they, you know, Egon, how they portray Egon in this movie is how they portray Egon. But I actually really loved it. Um, I think that was, again, falls in the category of fan service that we needed. Yeah, I don't mind it's Egon. Especially because Harold Ramis isn't alive. Yeah. And I think they do a really good job of... Where they handle that, right? Yes, they do it really, really well. Yes. And, you know, this, this is, as much of anything, this is a tribute to him. Yeah. And they, I mean, they, they make it very clear in the credit stuff that, you know, this is for, for, for that. For it Harold. says for Harold at the end mm-hmm. of the film. Yep. And, you know, they make it, he was an eccentric, like his Egon Spangler himself is an eccentric guy. Super weird, super smart, always the smartest guy in the room. Awkward as hell. I mean, they basically give you the story. He gave up everything in his life to go stop the apocalypse and nobody believed him. They made him out to be some sort of crazy dick that stole this tech and everybody hated him for it. And it turns out that it was just him being the only one committed to being the person saving the world, which would be very fitting for Egon, I think. (laughs) Yes, Egon is all about about science at any cost, but also preservation of life. Pact- protecting everyone. Yeah. And when he realized that he was going to be the only one doing it, he did everything he could to stop it, and it cost him his life. Yeah. You know, and the scene that, you know, the beginning scene where, you know, he, they ended up, Egon doesn't make it on the back side of it, he almost pulled it off. Yeah. He almost did it himself. <laughs> God damn it, he almost pulled it off. Yeah. And, you know, that leads us to, you know, what happens when Gozer is brought back because, you know, they, they tear down the proton packs and you get this whole scene, really excellently animated scene with the, the temple that was on top of the building in 84. Yeah. It's in this mine and the terror dogs are there and Gozer is there. Dogs are really good, by the way. They look great. Yes. Well, that, okay, so... I'm going to nerd out for two seconds. Yeah, do it. I think everything about this is a very natural, excellently done continuation. We talked about this. Yes. Yeah. About how great the proton blast look, yep. how the trap looks, how the ghosts themselves look. It looks so good. Not only does it look so good, it looks like they took what they already had. It's very faithful. Yeah, and it, it, it's just, hey, this is how this looks with the stuff we have now. Yeah. They didn't like change it up and make this big new thing. They took what what you see in the first movie, first two movies, really. They took you know the way it looked in the first movie, the CGI and all of it, and then just made it look modern. And that I appreciated that because even like because like it has this weird feel to it, especially with with Gozer, like everything, like all the lighting effects, 
if you watch the first movie and then watch this movie, you're going to feel like you're watching a direct continuation yep. in, in the way the visuals are, even like, though it's, what, 25 years later? The pink purple lightning that crackles over Gozer in the first one, they do it. It happens all the time in yes. this one, yep. and it looks so good. Yes. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. Or like the part where, so Phoebe has repaired this proton pack, like Egon's spirit has showed her how to fix this proton pack so she lugs it out to this you know whatever refinery and you know podcast flips it on and she uncorks it and he's going to shoot these cans and just light shit on fire and i'm like yes can burn it all (laughs) she melts down this chunk of iron she's like did i hit it and he's like did you hit it it's gone you incinerated it's just a burning pile of melted slag slag yeah it's gone Which is, you know, I mean, again, the fan service is high there. That's the thing. Yes. Is, yes. But there's no way after 2016, there's no way they could have gone with this except massive fan service. They had I, don't, I don't know about that. But again, though, this is when they do it right, it's fine. Because listen, it could have went sideways. Could've, it could have been terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it could have been. For a lot of reasons, too. It could have been the fan service was in poor taste, poorly timed the kid actors you know they didn't pick the right cast and it just falls flat and it's like oh well everything sucks but at least there's fans well but what you said roger about the about the gozer thing inside the mine the cave is that's a huge part of the first movie 84 Mm -hmm. is they're talking about the what evo shandor shandor Shandor, evo shandor how he you know he was a you know alive in the 20s and wanted to do what he did with the tower in the first the apartment building the first one was how we meet sigourney weaver's character and so how, how that happens in this one is like, yeah, that makes sense that everything in this town is Shendor. Like, I love that. I wish yeah. more movies would do that all the time with just completely referencing, doubling down on the story they had told in the first one, which is what is so much that even I asked these guys before we started shooting was, does this movie completely ignore the second one? And something that Roger brought to my attention that I guess I hadn't considered was Ray's occult shop is started in the second one. And that's how we meet Ray in this movie. Mm-hmm. Is he's in the occult shop or you know polishing his raw sometime super late at night too, which normal people wouldn't have been there at that time. But I mean, if you if you own an occult bookshop, I assume you work a lot of hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's and it's one of those things that I I mean the thing the the, the high point of this movie is Phoebe's character or Phoebe yeah. right? She's, She's the great. strong point of this character. I love her emotional breakdown when she learns who her father is, why she wasn't or her grandfather, why she wasn't told. She's pissed. Then when they get thrown in jail and the the cop who is is very much like, well, you were driving without a license, shooting this weird weapon off, destroying half the town. I think us putting you in a jail cell for a few hours is fine. And then I love that she she immediately reaches and flicks on the proton pack and starts waving it around. Yeah. Well, she, <laughs> she the the cop says we don't need any more of what your lunatic grandfather. And then she picks up the proton pack and you hear the, the power up and she points it right at him. And the mom quickly diffuses the tension, but Hey, Hey, Hey man. Hey, but man. he pointed a gun at a hey. cop and then was able to walk out of there. <laughs> I want to ask you in 2021 America, you point a gun at a cop. You're, something bad's going to happen. I'm just saying. So, I mean, proton packs have that effect on people. <laughs> yeah. especially that sound. But, and of course, Chris, I want to address the issue was, I think I think the issue, the major issue on the table is, did we need the three of them to come back for this movie? Would it have been the same if we didn't? I say it would not have been the same if we didn't, and we did need them. 
I see. I disagree. I don't think we needed them. I think it's great that we had them and they did it. They, they did a fine job. The movie isn't hurting by having them there. But again, I think you can change up this ending and have 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 the, the cast we've had the whole time figure it out, and the movie ends fine. But how do you? you know but I mean? how do you explain? I mean, you have to commit to that from. So, so okay. Let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. All right. Is them showing up further the story anymore? Does them showing up explain anything that was unexplained? And does them showing up give you a different resolution than what than what could have been accomplished by our characters? Well, all that can be explained by the proton packs. <laughs> they well, needed more than one pro- proton pack to 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 put Goza at bay, and the only way to get more than one proton pack. Was to have the other one show up with the proton pack. Now uh, they talked about how how there was all this that there was all these traps there. They got the generators on the side, the the silos that have been turned into generators on the side. You can get dozer close to those, and those can act up as souped up proton packs when you shoot them with the proton pack, which is done in this movie. Well, so uh, there's ways. It's up to them to write the movie. But it's again, it's there's no way this Ghostbusters movie ends without people standing in a line all firing proton packs at a monster there's no way this movie ends without that that's what ghostbusters is because it's cool i'm okay that it did (laughs) but without the three you don't have that shot well Uh, listen they have more than three people there true they they have enough people to make it work yeah and of course it it, it has that them showing up and then failing against gozer this time makes sense and then you of course but you allow for the hero shot for phoebe to come in behind gozer and then Complete. You get that shot of her standing there with the Ghostbuster. You like, I'm, look, I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting like, I'm getting misty eyed here. You have her standing there with the Ghostbuster suit on, powering up the proton pack, and like, that's bad. Like, I don't care what side of the fence you sit on. Good, bad, good movie, bad movie. If you're a film lover, you absolutely loved that shot. You well, have absolutely. to. It, it's designed to love it. Yeah. Well, and again, I have no problem that it happened. I think it's great that it did. I think it's a good scene. I'm just saying. It's not necessary to make this movie end on a good note. I see necess- necessary way. being the key word there. I I, I I think it is. I think it is. You think? I mean, I, tomatoes, tomatoes. But we can agree to disagree on that fact, my friend. That's I fine. Think we will. Yeah. So the whole the whole thing with it is: did it have to happen? No. Is it cool that it did? Hell yes, yeah, it is. Right? It sure is. I'm not even a big fan. I thought Wait, that moment was. Cool. I mean, can we talk about one thing about that though? When they only have three people crossing the streams that have Gozer, you know, lassoed up. Yeah. She reaches down, claws all, like, unbraids the three of them and breaks them. Yep. I was like, holy shit, you can do that. <laughs> I mean, you never, cross, you never yes. cross the streams. You never well, cross And it's the like, you just kind of always cross the streams. Yeah. And it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, and then, of course, you had, I mean, it was a very Harry Potter moment. It was, you know, it was a very, um, what was the fourth one? Um, the, no, um, Goblet of Fire. It was a very, when Harry's in the graveyard and his parents appear for a second and help him escape. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's very, yeah. especially when, especially when um, Egon's character is standing there behind yep. once Phoebe oh, has Phoebe's circled. arm. You thought, yeah. you thought Harry Potter, I thought Father, Son, Kamehameha, but you know. No, there's, that's, there's that's, that's there's, nice. there's, there's a difference between you and me. No, Father, well, granddaughter. Well, <laughs> Spirit bomb. Well, hold on, hold on. All the visuals came from. I mean, those visuals. Most visuals that look like that after Harry Potter came from the end of the fourth movie. That when the, I'm just the saying. Ones. But I'm it does. Just, but, but, hold on. Dragon Ball Counter, did it first. Counterpoint. All the visuals from Harry Potter came from Ghostbusters. That, okay, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Boy, that's what I was just about to say. Is that sir is fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was saying. But I mean. 
the best shot in the movie is when they're all four standing in a line again and they're all one at a time, they look at him completely not believing what they're seeing, but understanding that he's back for a very short time. And that's the greatest shot in the movie. That's that's fine. That's the greatest shot in the movie. Like that is no wait, listen, it's cool. Or where Finn pops out of the uh the gunner seat and hits the uh hits the capacitor to oh yeah to pop it. Yep. That's cool, man. Oh yeah. No, no, that shot the shot of of like the the couple times they pop out of that, that gunner seat look smooth as hell man it looks cool as shit on screen like I, I, was, I was there for it which we skipped this i want to talk about this for a second the chase scene in this movie was awesome through downtown yes the, with the with the little trap on wheels flying it, around it wasn't too dark nope they had good cgi yep that it was pacing was great it was cool ass scene she pops out fires pops back in mom's like uh-huh <laughs> like whoa like, it was a good scene. It was cool. Little RC trap, man. That was cool shit. Or when she pops in and slams off the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, I appreciate that. Because, I mean, that, that was a good chase scene. It was awesome. You know? The, the, the main thing with this movie, and, I mean, I think we probably said most of what we're going to say, True. is this movie could have been so, so very bad. Yeah, it it could have been a disaster. We've seen it. And <laughs> it's really not and if it takes ghostbusters being rebooted into some weird family kids legacy movie it worked man yep it really truly worked um because i know grayson one thing you want to talk about and i'll lead you into it um is you think that this is the end of ghostbusters and I wholeheartedly disagree. Well, I have an addendum to that i have like a an, an asterisk to that i think Ooh. this is definitely the end of uh, it's the end of some people in Ghostbusters. This is, this is the end of Venkman. I forget the other. I forget the other two's name. Who are the other? Venkman, Stanson, Zetamore. Stanson, It's definitely the end of those three. And I say that's that fine. only because and that's okay. There's a there's a scene halfway through the credits. It's the same scene that the first movie opens with with the cards. So yep. I, I don't want to reveal more. But Sigourney Weaver's there. So if you see it, wait because that's the only time you see Sigourney Weaver, and she's worth seeing. But it's that's what I think. That was put there to close Sigourney out. Sigourney Weaver looks damn good for how old yeah. she is. Yeah, yeah, right. she, that scene, I think, is put there to to bookend those guys. Yep. To give them one last kind of... Okay, Closure, man. You were, they close out their story. Yeah, you were Ghostbusters again, but now you were handing it off. Like, I would love to see another movie. I don't know where you go with it, though. Where do you go with it? You can go anywhere you want, man. Yeah, As long, I mean, listen, just take the time and write a good story. The, the pop- they, they have the tech. Yeah. You know, they're going to be famous. They're going to end up somewhere else. And it works. The podcast takes off, obviously. Right. You know, she You know, she, she now knows the science behind the packs. She can now she you can know, learn more about some it. more of them. And they could go traveling and bust us some ghosts. Listen, if you don't think I'm here for Ghostbusters across America, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Wait, is that, a, is that like part of the lore or something? Like- no, but it could be. It should be. God damn it! It is now. Yeah, listen. You don't think there'd be Ghostbusters International? You think there's only ghosts in America, son? You ever been to Europe? All that shit is haunted. <laughs> sure, I mean, no, so, no, many, so many, haunted. so many battlefields over there that are right. Yeah, of course. Thousands upon thousands. Listen, but take a trip to Soho. Bust up some shit in that apartment. Yeah, that's 
<laughs> no, get it? You already got it. I, Good. Of course I got it. Last night in Soho. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's literally... You can be embarrassed. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the, Okay, so one of the last things I want to say, because we need to wind down here, but one of the last things I want to say about this movie is I, I, I don't think this movie is great by any means, but I think it's exactly what we deserved as Ghostbusters fans. And there's a difference there between what we needed and what we deserved. Um, I... This movie's a lot of fun that could have been not a lot of fun. It could have been terrible, man, and it's not. Score it, Grayson. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Ooh, this is me sitting right down. Door, I'm a fan of the Ghostbusters. I'm a fan of the perfect casting choices from the, from the very get-go. I ignore the 2016. I'm not a big fan of ignoring things, except when it comes to the franchise I love and I'm very passionate about. <laughs> I'm not a fan of ignoring things. Until it matters to me. Those are things that I really love. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know about not doing yeah, 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 yeah. Great, great, great. He's forgotten a much more Terminator than he's actually enjoyed. So. <laughs> I, and, and Alien and all, you know, it's a crime. It really should be a crime, but... I like Prometheus. Um, <laughs> I thought it was fine. Christopher, Christopher. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so given everything and the fact that I went from laughing hysterically to clapping to there was a point my I mean I was oh I was cried I had tears Jesus did you cry I had tears in my eyes at one point that the last sequence but you know before we get the actual ending like the last sequence starting with Gozer at the farmhouse that's emotional for any Ghostbusters fan it's awesome I loved it I'm still only giving this movie a six. Six. All right. Ouch. I don't think it's good as either of the first two, but I think it certainly belongs in the Ghostbusters canon, which is more than I can say for most franchises these days that I love. But like Jurassic Park, I, I say we have we have two movies in the Jurassic Park canon, one and two, and that's it. The rest of them to me just can can exist or not exist. It doesn't matter. So that's right. give, give a six. Right. I got you. All right, I'll go second. Um, this movie was fun. It could have been way worse. We could have had a lot of bad takes in this movie. And it was a movie that was made with, you know, with emotion behind it. This movie was crafted with love. You can tell. And it, and it shows the entire time you're watching this movie. It's a little long. It, it takes a little long to get going in my opinion, to like really get into like the meat of everything. But characters are great. Acting's fun. There's really good fan moments in this, even though I can't, I don't appreciate all of them. Like everyone else does. Um, this movie's a seven for me. It was fun okay. enough. It okay. was good, in my opinion. I'll watch it again if it's on. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm down for this movie. This was good. Give me more. I will watch this movie a thousand times. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I will watch this movie a thousand times. What do you think, Roger? No, man. I, I like this movie from start to finish. It is probably longer. Well, I don't think it's too long. I think there's more setup. Give me a little less setup, more bust and ghosts. There we go. And that's what I'm here for. Um, I don't like the characters are fine. Like I like the kids. Mm-hmm. I I have no problem with that. I've seen people that are like I don't like that they're kids. And I'm like, why the hell not? <laughs> right? You got, you get well, okay, kids. okay. I have one thing to say about that is like, you might not like their kids, but Wolford and McKenna Grace are two, are, are two great choices. Yep. And their supporting cast of other kids aren't like podcast. He's funny. He works. Ghostbusters Legacy is about funny quips. You know, funny one-liners to, to to break up moments of tension sometimes, and that's exactly what he was. He was just there for funny, and it works in yeah. this universe. It's fine. He's part of the team, <laughs> you know. But I mean, this this movie could have went sideways, you know, uh, and it never does. 
I think it works across the board. I, I haven't met a single person that's seen it yet that doesn't like it. Now, listen, not everybody loves it, and that's okay. Sure, not. not everybody has to love it. More of them like it than they though. though. Sure. Um, you know, this is one of the movies that I say they did the fan service right, and it works. Uh, and that is so vital. Um, this movie's a seven. I cannot wait to see it again. Um, I won't watch it in the theater again just because I, you know, I'm too busy to do that shit anymore. Um, but I will absolutely watch this in glorious 4K, floor-shaking, earthquake-style, oh, yeah. ready yep. to go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm here for it, man. It is a natural continuation of the first two, mm. just with a 30-year gap in between. And I absolutely think in a couple years we get another one. Yeah. And that's fine with me. I thought you were going to give it an eight. No, you thought it's well. Listen, it's not as good as movies King Richard, so I can't do that. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I had straight yeah, up already, yeah, yeah, yeah. already dropped an eight today, <laughs> and I can't to eight, Bob. Well, Got I it. could if I thought they were equally as good, but sure. they're not. They're yeah. just not. Yep. Now, listen, I like that movie more than King Richard. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's as good. That's true. That's all. So, hey, two good movies this week. Yeah, we're lucky. Yeah. I really so the thing I do with Ghostbusters is like I two years ago that movie would have been a nine for me because how much I love the ending, how much I love Ghost Egon and him finally getting to hug his daughter and his granddaughter and his grandson. Like to me, that's just gold. But like I have to learn to separate. I love movies, but I don't think they worked functionally hundred percent. So I just that's um that's me though. That's what I'm trying to separate. That's my personal goal, my personal growth. So, you know, that's just, I love this movie though, man. I'll watch it. This is going to be a day one purchase for me, uh, 4K. So I get the digital copy. Shit, I'll even give the 4K to one of you. I'm, after I have digital copy, when you guys want my 4K, it's fine. I don't really care for it. We'll have it in 4K digitally as well. I, they, I mean, through one means or another, you will definitely have it. <laughs> just, you know. Just, I, feel, I feel like I'm being attacked. <laughs> Ford Love Cinema does not condone what I just mentioned, but I'm just saying. If you feel called out, Roger, probably because you are. Because... I don't. I'll remember that. <laughs> I'll remember this. Hey, uh, you got anything on Spider-Verse? Hey, uh, so that Spider-Man movie I asked you about earlier. Uh, you got that? So why don't you, why don't you guys tell me about the uh, the trip you took to watch Clifford at um, in the theater? Because I know none of you guys subscribe to Paramount+. Plus. No, you don't want to talk about that? All right, fair enough. I subscribe to Paramount Plus. Plus. I got kids. Oh, do you really? Good for you guys. I really didn't think you did. You know we have kids. I know you have kids. My <laughs> <laughs> goodness, you guys are responsible silly bananas. All right, oh. this has been episode 254 of four. And hypothetically, as long as someone I know has Paramount Plus, oh that means goodness. through them, I have Paramount true. Plus. That's I've true. shared Netflix for so long. It's only time that I have somebody reciprocates. <laughs> it's time to give back. That's right. <laughs> That shit ain't cheap anymore. All right. This is episode 254 of Four Love Cinema. <laughs> Each new episode posts every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two rate. Subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell 1. I am at Rod Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook. Always posting things there. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Ridley Scott's House of Gucci and Encanto. It's not about Pokemon. That was just sad. Hey, allegedly. Grayson, you remember when you wanted these uh, these shows to be an hour and 15 minutes long? Yeah, this is over two hours. <laughs> Baller. Baller. <laughs>